you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 162. On tonight's episode, the Manlings talk all about all the things coming from Games Workshop and all the games they're playing with Games Workshop and all the stuff they're painting with Games Workshop. With all the new releases, it's like the avalanche has started all over again and they're trying not to get buried under too much hobby. If such a thing is possible, it's pretty hard to bury that fat man. Like I'll tell you that right now. I'll try before. So shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, we'll be doing the best we can. That's right, we. To share with you our love of tabletop wargaming and perhaps some of our various other fandoms. Bringing you the chaos of Zinch, the Order of Sigmar, and the wildness of Wapaka. I am Dave Whiting, and with me again is the show's newest co-host, in case you didn't hear the announcement last episode, Alex Gonzalez. Alex, you're back. So good. So good to be here. <laughs> yes, yes. This is, oh man, it has been a good, it's been a heck of a couple of weeks since we recorded last. Yes, it has. <laughs> yes, it has. Oh, so, okay, we have a ton, a ton to talk about, but before we do that, let's, uh, Let's try to take a minute and thank our sponsor, shall we? Naturally. As always, we need to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. The sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games. In Grays Lake, Illinois. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. For all of your MDF hobby needs. Oh. I am on such a hobby high. It's stupid. Yeah, but it's awesome too. Yes, it is. It is awesome. Like I'm actually having it. Like I'm. I'm trying to balance out everything I need to be doing, and I keep finding myself in the basement every night. Like as soon as the kids are all in bed, I was like, I can get another hour or so in. Boom, hitting it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Just can't help it. Just cannot help it. Agreed. Uh, okay, listen, before we jump uh, right in to this, uh, I want to remind everyone that we have voicemail. That's we one. have voicemail? Yes, we do. At 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh, or if you're calling internationally, you might have to dial 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. But that is... That is the voicemail. That is where you should call. Because uh, I, I don't have a new... I don't think I got a new one since Cranky left the last one. Yelling at everybody. Yeah, he did kind of drop a bomb. It was more like a couple of bombs. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, whatever. We love hearing from Cranky. Yeah. We definitely heard it. So. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was all about helping out that day. Telling you yes, exactly he what he thought if you weren't helping out well enough in his opinion. Oh, it's too mm-hmm. funny. Too funny. Uh, okay, so let's get through all that. Uh, oh, we should obviously thank our Patreon producers. Um, uh, Ryan Taylor, uh, Shirley Tempel. Oh, James Mackey. Thank you to our Patreon sponsors who make everything possible that we do here nowadays. It's awesome. Uh, and we really appreciate all that you guys do. In fact... We're finally at the point. We're at the point, Alex. We're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be going live. 
almost got it fixed, figured out. I've lost. I seem to have lost Daniel. Oh no! Yeah, he's just been really busy and he's been working, and uh, it's like, oh, I got to figure this out myself, which is why it's slow because I am not tech savvy. But I think I got it. I think I've got it where I can work out where you're on the Skype and we're on the calls, and if we get you a little camera, you might even be able to be able in in, in one of the boxes, and then we'll. Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I don't have. I mean, I have the face for radio, yeah, so I mean. Oh goodness! Oh boy! Yeah, but uh, if you want to help out, you can check out our Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash/GarageHammer. And with that, I think we should take a break. Sounds great. So we'll be right back, folks, with uh, Garage Hammer News. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the news, and there is a lot of it. Oh my goodness! I know <laughs> it's like half a page of just all the stuff that's come out and that's coming out. Is it crazy or what? It's a little. It's overwhelming again. It's coming back hard, and it's coming back fast. They said wait till so. the new year, and we're going to have a bunch of stuff out. I didn't think they were going to do this much stuff. Well, Seriously, two major releases in two months. Man, never mind. They're doing all the. Fall Acadia, the new advancement in the story for 40K. So they are just going left and right oh, yeah. with release, release, release. This is – I don't remember – I mean, like, I remember, like, when AOS first came out and they just kept going, going, going. And then it hit the lull, and now it is coming right back around. And, and that it lull is was glorious. basically for the holiday season. It was just about three months. It was mm-hmm. the lull for the holiday season. They came out with a little bitsies here and there. But even the stuff they're saying, oh, they're like, we're coming, the coming soon is even crazy. Let's go over this list. Okay, so far, the Lord of Change Kairos Dual Kit is out. Yes. Oh, uh, that's, that's about a buck fifteen uh, mm-hmm. American. Changeling is out. The new Changeling model is awesome, by the way. He is. I've not gotten mine yet, but he is on my short list of models to pick up. Um, and look at the prices on some of this stuff. The Blue Horrors slash Brimstone Horrors. Where you get ten blue horrors and then ten of the bases, which are like two horrors per base for the brimstone. Yeah, the mm-hmm. you get thirty-five bucks. You can't beat it. No, that's really good. Uh, 
the Zangor Shamans 35, the Enlightened slash Skyfire kit, which I think is, is it three models or is it more? It's three it's per three. box. But it's 35 bucks again. Yeah. If I read that correctly, I think I did. I'm pretty sure you did too. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, three, okay. And then the Zangor kit's 40 bones. Yeah, it's $5 cheaper than the 40K Zangor kit, but you lose out on the chain swords and auto pistols, but okay. Um, no, it's reasonable, very reasonable on cost for what you get, and it's bananas. Yeah, the rules are good, the models are good. The yeah, the on. models are definitely good. One of the guys in my local store bought the or Shaman and... That thing is so pretty. It's it's not even funny. And he <laughs> was thinking, I'm going to put a flight stand on it and take that little swirly thing out from underneath. And I looked at him like he had two heads and <laughs> just said, no, Mark, no. no Don't you, do that you, you to yourself. You can't do that. No. No. It will look substantially better with the swirly gig underneath it. Trust me. You'll be okay. So, no. It's gorgeous stuff. And it just keeps coming. Because then we get all the Stormcast stuff, too. Next month. Now, that stuff is already out. What's coming out this month, um, and this is coming out on the 10th, so some of this will be coming out tomorrow, some in a week. Okay. War Scroll cards for Stormcast. 31 large format cards plus two sheets of pop-out markers with tokens. 25 bucks. So, basically, the data sheets, the War Scrolls, whatever, for every Stormcast... uh, Unit. You just lay them out in front of you with the ones you need. It's like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of like the My Battle app or part of the AOS app, but it's in card form. So it really kind of tailors to what you want and how you remember things better. So, I mean, that's fantastic. And then all the tokens, because they have all the different command abilities, just so you remember what you've done, all the different buffs that you get. It's a pretty nice setup for only 25. Yeah, no, it's sweet. Uh, what else? Oh, the Battle Tome's 50. Yeah. That... 168 pages. All the old gotta... stuff, plus the new stuff. With now, And they get their own command traits, their own artifacts of power, their own prayers, traits for their mounts, plus Path to Glory, uh, path, path to glory uh, War Scroll Battalions, Extra stuff on top of that. I mean, come on. I am so psyched. Yeah, it's, I mean, I bought the first book when it came out, and I mean, that was 50 bones, and you get the extremist book, and now it's all together for 50 bucks. So if you're looking at starting into Stormcast, this is probably the best time for it. Yeah, since it's going to have everything, you won't need the other two, really. I mean, you'll keep them for Well, yeah, but I'm saying now you can just buy one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the Vanguard and Hunters are the Vanguard Hunters. Uh, ten in a box for sixty bucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's silly because they're selling five guys in a box for fifty right now. And well, that's very going down. soon. Yeah, that's changing drastically. Remember, we were at PACA and Rotor was saying how um, he's like, "How come I was on the website and the Liberators say they're no longer available?" And we're like, "What? Yep. Liber- no, that's not right." Uh, but that's because they're going to be 10 in a pack now for like, and they're not going to be, 
I mean, they're going to be like 55 or 60 bucks for the 10 box. Yeah, I think it's really like 60, 66 for 10 guys. And that includes judicators. And then there's a six pack for the prosecutors. Yep. So, six players. Yeah. <laughs> Griffhounds, five for 25. Plus those other flyers, you're going to be able to buy those too. I don't even, they haven't even mentioned how much those are going to be or when they're exactly they're coming out. Yeah, all of the Griff Chargers and the Lord Equilor or whatever his name is, the guy on the really goofy looking mount. I um, like the mount. I, uh, I don't know. He looks a little too wiry for what I was hoping. I think he may need to eat a cheeseburger before I put mine together. That's what I thought um, about the uh, the Dark Elf Dragon when I first saw it, and the Hydra when they redid it. But I kind of like it. It's quick. It's fast. If you want something big and heavy, he'll ride the Dracoth. These guys can ride these. Guys who weren't picked by dragons. The Sleek Chocobos. <laughs> sleek Chocobos. That's what they are, I, man. I know that's what they are. Oh, I like them. I don't know. Maybe it just needs a different paint job for me. But Oftentimes I mean, just it does. Cons- How many times? I mean, I always like to go back to it. The Mornfang. That's yeah. the worst looking model in the history of models. Oh my! No, I'm no, never. No, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm just going to use my Rhinoxes because that's terrible. Oh look at that! That's not so bad. Okay. To be fair, the worst one that they've ever done was the Minotaur, the plastic Minotaur. Oh yeah. Because yeah, but no, the Mornfang were right there in the toilet, and then give them a different paint job. Suddenly they're pretty okay. So I'm hoping that this is that case. I am too. Uh, but I mean, dude, all that's coming out in the next few weeks. So I'm going to get in all, I'm going to be picking up a little of all of that. Um, and then White Dwarf February, dude. February's White Dwarf. Was, although I totally didn't realize that the the Gilliman one was the March when they were showing accidentally early. Yeah. So I ran in to grab my February one, and it wasn't that. I'm like, oh, that's not it. Oh, but this is good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They the new Space Marine stuff with the sec with the third triumvirate is it's crazy. Oh yeah. Well, I okay. Mean, you know, the White Dwarf gave us everything we told you about. Was you could see yeah. that stuff in there. There's game reports for 40k games and for AOS games. Um, there's battle plans for each of those reports, so you could recreate the game. They mm-hmm. had the Tale of Four Warlords, a game in there. Updating a bunch of other games, stuff in there about Blood Bowl. It's like that magazine is chock full, and then you get to the 40k stuff, and like you said, it's just. Uh, that triumvirate. Oh, it's sweet. Yeah. I don't know who the Grey Knight guy is for Space Marines, but uh, the other models they've been putting out are like, oh, I'm kind of dabbling in 40K, but suddenly I kind of want to jump in really hard. Um, <laughs> but it's been it's been really interesting to see all this new stuff and all this excitement that they're building for it. Um and even with the new White Dwarf, um, they even had a new hero card for the Zangor Shaman, so you can play him in Silver Tower. Oh, that's right. And they had stats for all the uh, new yeah, Zangor the new, models. Uh, yeah, the Enlightened and the Skyfires, so, so you can use them in your games of Silver Tower, too. Yeah, they can get summoned so, up. Yeah, it's pretty okay. It definitely reminds me of that first White Dwarf that they came out on the new format. Right. Because um, it touches Everything. There's not a stone unturned with that one. So, well, one of the really cool things about this too is, um, I'm looking at it and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm blanking on it. Um, it like you said, it not just touches on everything, but um, 
Oh, there was something in there that I wanted to mention. No, I'm blanking on it. Can't be that important. Um. Oh well. <laughs> Dude, it was right there. I had it, and then I looked at my notes, and it went away. Um, I can't remember. Oh goodness. Okay, no, not important. Um, what else was in there though? Oh, Legends of the Age of Sigmar. If you haven't picked up those uh, Black Library books that were just telling short stories from the different races' point of view, the not, not the. Uh, Realm Gate Wars. Not the Realm Gate Wars, yeah. Yeah, Fire Slayers, uh, Pestilence, and Sylvaneth books. Uh, that's all coming out in one paperback. Oh, so if you miss those, you can just snazzy. get the paperback for all three of them in one, like, tome. Hmm. Did not know they were doing that. That's pretty fantastic. Yep. And then, uh, oh, okay, so I was reading The uh, Fall of Katie or whatever it is, The Gathering Storm. Yeah. And so I've ordered part two. The fracture of oh. Beetle Tan. Yeah, I, dude, I'm, I'm, I am so excited. I am loving this story. Like it's really, like something's happening. You know, in 40k, it's like, oh look, something's going on. Um, and I can't wait to see where they go with it because they've shown that they're pretty much capable of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll like kill off the emperor and, and end the game and reboot it that way. But stuff's gonna change. Yeah, that storyline it was it's in the need of a push, just like the old world was. It needed to take the game to the next step. So and it's gotta push the story and they've been really developing the story. I've not kept up on it as much as I probably should. I've just been appreciating the awesome new models and getting all sorts of model intimidation, especially <laughs> uh that triumvirate, the Eldar one. Yeah, with the uh with the Aeneid. Yeah. They got the Avatar, the Emissary, and the Champion. Oh, those yeah. are sweet looking. They are. I can, And there's been a lot of talk about using a lot of those in place of AOS models to do cool stuff with it. Obviously, the Avatar can either go to a Morngul if you really wanted to go there. I think he would look pretty okay as an alternative elf prime. Okay. Like a Celestine Prime with a little bit of modification. Um, and then the other two characters on foot can definitely fill roles for either vampires or sorceresses or whatever you need them for. It's definitely, you can do a lot with those models besides obviously take them out of the box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this coming right on the heels of that last, the last of the one for order. And you're like, oh, so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then they've got, uh, and then they've got Gilliman coming out next month. Yeah, that is a big dude. <laughs> yeah, because his model is not terribly big for Horus Heresy. He's only on a forty, I think, before you get to the crazy scenic base. And now he's something else. He's only on a forty on that. No. I think the Primarchs are only on 40s or 50s for gameplay purposes, and then they come with uh, Maybe large 50s because, I mean, they're big. I mean, they're bigger than Terminators, and those are on 40s. I don't know. I, I think, think, like, the one I look at is Vulcan all the time because I'm playing Salamanders. Uh-huh. I think he's only on a 40 or a 50 round I, I before be he goes 50. on the scenic I didn't base. I think it was a 40 round. I really didn't think it was a 40 round. Oh, now I remember what I was saying. Someone had told me once that they thought that all the 30K stuff they're putting out is sort of testing the, the waters to see if 
if you could bring Primarchs into into the into forty k. And of course, now they're doing it. So I'm like, oh, maybe he was right. But <laughs> I just I I I'm astounded now that it's funny. His armor is. I mean, they said they got him new armor, you know, because he's been in stasis or whatever. So apparently, nobody kept his armor, uh, his old armor. So. The Forge World one and this one are so different. They are, and they both have their 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 qualities. I can't. I don't know which one I like more. I think it's kind of like the difference between um, was it Carl Franz pre plastic Griffin, and then Carl Franz with the plastic Griffin. Right. Um, I mean, the original Carl Franz, he's nice. He's a stately model. The bird needs a little help because I don't know why the griffin has teeth, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and then when they updated it and put Carl on the big bird, it was suddenly, okay, he got an upgrade. I mean, you can appreciate them both for what they are. It's yep. There's no right or wrong. It's just my only concern is, like, the scale of the new one because he's so much bigger than everything else, but... I understand that that's the direction they're going. I mean, Magnus is gigantic, so yes, he is. They gotta make him like a size close to Magnus. I mean, I don't think he's nearly that big. But. No, I don't think so. And, and Magnus is like a you know a full on you know major demon now. So yeah, and Re- Robert Gulliman or whatever. I can't. How do you say his first name? Rabout or Raboot? I thought it Robert. was Raboot. I Raboot? thought it was Raboot. That's how I pronounce it. I could be pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. Yeah, but they have to put him on a close scale with Magnus because at some point you know that he's going to lock horns with Magnus or possibly an updated Abaddon, which would be much appreciated if they updated Abaddon because the Molly got for him right now does not do him justice at all. But no. What do I know? <laughs> okay. Ugh. I just I don't know. Like I said, they 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 went and they they splashed out that armor to like the tenth degree, um, and I and I like it. Like it's fancy, but then I, I is that the armor he'd wear? You know, like I'm asking myself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's back from uh, from the dead practically to fight Magnus, and if his old armor doesn't fit him, I'd be surprised. But so then he got the really fancy stuff. I just I like it. I like yeah, them both. He's a- yeah, and you should definitely get him. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I know. I've got a thousand points ultramarines. I could use their Primark. Yeah, and you could do a great job with him too. Well, and Forge World comes to Adepticon, so I could order. I know there's going to be that pre-order <laughs> stuff for Adepticon too. I get the yeah. other one. Have them both because you never know which which one I'm feeling like. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Oh, okay, but look, that's. I mean, there's so much stuff coming out. Yeah, and we haven't even got to the new series of uh, campaign books yet. No, no, we haven't. This is just the beginning of it, and this is only going to get crazier as the ride yeah. goes. These are just battle so, tomes. The next, the next bit of the story arc hasn't even been seen yet. I'm like, <laughs> wait, yeah, this is going to be good. Yes, it's it is so good. Very excited, but. Um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Should we uh, should we take a quick break? And then when we come back, we'll uh, talk toolbox? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. 
All right, let's do that, folks. We'll be back in uh, just a minute. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We are back with the Toolbox, brought to you by... Chaos Orc Superstore? Chaos Orc Superstore! He asks questioningly? Chaos Orc Superstore! I've only listened to this show for how long? I should really know who the sponsors are for you. You should try to learn them at some point. I'm trying. I suck. We're down to three, so... It's going to be simple enough to memorize. All right. Uh, Modeling. Yeah. What have you been doing? <laughs> a lot. Um, I caught the post-packa hobby bug. Oh, yeah? Um, I've been going like a madman. I've been working on uh, another eight Stormcast, uh, five Paladins, the Lord Veritant, the Lord, or the Errant Quester, and a Liberator with a Grand Hammer for Holy Wars. And then remagnetizing a whole bunch of flagellants, and then putting together the Arcane Heroes expansion for Silver Tower, and then doing some other stuff. That's it. That's what it was. Silver Tower. That's what I couldn't remember from the last segment. Oh, yeah. The Shadows Over Hammer Hall. Yeah. Coming soon. More more Warhammer Quest stuff. I don't know if it's going to be a whole standalone game or just more stuff to add to this game, but either way. No, I think it's a whole new story, and it's a whole bunch of new characters. I mean, we already have all of them that we're seeing rules for, at least a cover that was leaked um, from GW. But you get to add Blake Kings now, which is, okay, I'll paint a couple Blake Kings, sure. Because, you know, you have to twist my arm for that one. Exactly. I'm sorry, I'll let you get back to your uh, your modeling. I just, (laughs) I, I remembered, I didn't want to forget again. No, no, it's good. Um, so it's just been a lot of that and just trying to get some more stuff wrapped up and so many Stormcast. And I'll be glad when it's done for two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So no, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I've been working every night on stuff, and it's it feels good to get more stuff done, which is I don't know, just the bug, man. It hits you, and you just gotta go with it. Exactly. I've actually been logging down my hobby time since the start of the year, and uh, in the like first down to the minute. Well, I mean, you know, for like, I mean, I pretty much go, I don't know, by quarter hours, half hours, things like that. Sure. So, like, if I start, you know, if I'm painting and it's like, oh, 10 more minutes to a half hour, I'll paint for 10 more minutes and get to that point. Um, but, yeah, the first five weeks of the year, I put in 83 hours hobbying. Yeah, buddy. Well, it was nice to have the first, you know, four or five days of the year off, too, you know. That helps. Yeah, so I went I went really hard. We had some really long paint nights. Uh me and Rotor and Chris you painting getting ready for Wapaka. So just sitting there plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. But I painted a lot I mean in five weeks I did an entire thousand point Ultramarines army. Um, and they look good. They look really thank good. Thank you. Um it's it's what? I wanted to do more and I still am I mean I'm still I'm going back and putting on the decals, I'm gonna do some of the edge highlighting on it because I skipped a lot of that because it was like I need just to get done for Wapaka and I got to mm-hmm. need to quit dilly-dallying and get done um, but I did that I did about 500 points with a storm cast that I that I wanted to take to Wapaka that I didn't already have painted uh, plus I based about 2,000 points worth of storm cast I still got about 25 uh, more models to finish basing and then that everything will be done but since I had that going, uh, and then I ran out of that basing material, I just went on and got some more today. The Astro Granite stuff? Yeah. The Sterling, uh, the Spur, the. Oh. Sterling, the Battlemire. Yeah, the Battlemire. That's it. Okay. That's what I was using. And I liked it. Um, and let's see. So since I had that done, I figured, okay, I painted this. I promised myself I wouldn't build any of the other stuff until I painted this. And it was all painted. So uh, I built my three other characters, the two Drakoth Riders. Um, the Celestine Prime, uh, the Venerable Dreadnought, a command unit for, for Ultramarines. I think they're called a command unit or whatever they are. And then six, uh, bikes. And since I couldn't prime them, they're just sitting here waiting to be primed. Although if I would have had time, if I would have got home earlier today, I might have been able to quickly. Um, but since I couldn't do that, I started, uh, putting the, trying the decals out. And, uh. Yeah, I got one ultramarine done, and I said, "I'm like, oh, this looks good. Like, I, this is a little bit, you know, you, you got to get it exactly where you want it, and then you got to be careful not to move it until it dries there." But uh, that, uh, you know, put the put the stuff on it, and it boom molds right to the corners and the shoulders. And once the ultramarine, once I got the ultramarine logo and the big arrow, which totally doesn't want to lay down, it's like, bloop, 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 brush this stuff on it. It's like shrinky dinks; it just forms to the shoulder pad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sweet, this works. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the storm cast. So I got five of my uh, liberators with the little lightning bolts on the shoulder pad. Now I'm like, oh, this is, this is so awesome. I'm so excited. Like I know it's a stupid, simple thing, but I never done decals before. And like last night, I just got them on a bunch of these, just perfect. Yeah, I had stayed away from decals um, until the storm cast uh, came back or came out. And Duncan Rhodes did a really good. Uh, tutorial on how to do those using the Lamian medium and art coat and it took a little bit of convincing but that was a good thing and then use the microsol microset stuff right yes 
Yeah. And it turns out just fine. You just got to work up the chutzpah to do it, and then it's good. Yeah, just cutting it all out, maybe being very careful, sliding it off, the de- you know, sliding the decal off the paper, getting it on there, brushing it without, you know, figuring out how to brush it without accidentally moving it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, this is this is this is taking up that one little extra step, that the one little extra bit that's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and now that I know how to do this, now I can figure out those different things I need and get some custom decals made for Kira's ogres. Ooh. Yes, because she wants to do some tattoo stuff, and uh, instead of painting on each one, we're just going to get the decals. Let her finish painting the body on straight, and then boom, slap those on. And I'll Sounds like a plan. Oh, so excited. So excited. Um, but yeah, all that. I mean, and it's cool because now with the with the decals, they take a while. I mean, it was it was slow work, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's kind of fun. And now whenever I need a little break from painting, oh, we're painting. Okay, no, I don't want to start another step on this painting phase of whatever it is I'm painting through. So here, I'll just sit there and put a couple of these on. Let it yeah, let it, it takes a few minutes and gives you a good break. Um, when I did it, I was doing that, uh, getting ready to go to Canada and just powering through so many fracking decals. <laughs> it's just, this is mind-numbing. But if you do it in batches, it goes a lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh like I said I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna get these done. I'm gonna put some on the on the rhinos, jazz out the rhinos a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh put the, a couple of them on the banner. I just have the blue circle painted there with nothing on it. Slide a decal onto that on the Ultramarines uh thing. Oh, this is gonna be so great. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. But that's that's it for my uh my hobbying. I've been hobbying quite a bit, and I'm going to be doing quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. So um, we did. We okay. I we played lots of games last weekend. Um, yes, we did. And we'll co- <laughs> and we'll cover some of that in the later segment. But yes, we did lots of gaming. I played. I played six games with my Stormcast Eternals and three games with my Ultramarines that weekend. Yeah, I got three in with the Devoted and three in with uh, Borrowed Blood Angels, and. Then ran the AOS event you played in. Yeah, I think you did okay. I did. I was happy. I was happy with how I turned out. I oh, that was so. I had a good time. I really had a good time at Packa this year. Like it was kind of laid back. I had stuff set up. You know, um, you know, playing that forty k game that that day in the middle of the two AOS days sort of gave me a break. Let me think about what I was doing with that, and then let me have a day. I was just sort of like, okay, I don't really know 100% what I'm doing. I'm just here to roll, like literally there to roll dice and, and just kind of have a good time. Mm-hmm. And that nice day to relax with that in the middle was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, all right, so that's it for the gaming. You got any other reading, watching? Um. Well, let's see. Carrie and I finished House of Cards. We just started uh, Sherlock. Oh, Nice into season two of that now um trying to think what else i mean it's not been too much else um i finished uh city of secrets from uh legends of the age of sigmar uh by nick horth oh right yeah the new one that came out with the zinch release um pretty solid book overall um it kind of reminds me of the matthias tull series the witch hunter witch finder witch killer series right um from the old Warhammer. Um, it was pretty good, solid read. Um, 
and you got to see the Lord Veritant for the first time and really see how they portray him. Oh, cool. Um, he's one of the kind of like ancillary characters. Um, it makes sense why they came out with this model when they did. Because um, it helped explain the story of how they found all the Zinch cults and everything like that living in the cities. So they had to put that model out that made no sense in the middle of everything going on <laughs> to then explain the Zinch release. So it makes more sense now that we're looking back at it. I so, see. Yeah, it was a good read. Highly recommend it if you're into Zinch or Free Guild or Devoted. It was a pretty solid read. Nice. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I just finished uh, the second. I'm on the third book for the Expanse series by James Corey. Um, it's the first book called Leviathan Wakes. Uh, it, that, that show on Sci-Fi, The Expanse. That's basically what these. It's based on these books. And so I've been okay. listening to them on Audible. Very good. Great read. Great series. Um, lots of huge factions out, you know, trying to... It's 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 funny because it's, uh, it's not that different from a lot of the stuff we read in fantasy. Except, mm-hmm. obviously, they're out in space. And instead of different kingdoms or different areas, it's different planets. Ah. But it's still that same type of thing. You've got people living in different areas, and they've sort of, you know... They've they've sort of almost genetically slightly drifted apart because of the gravity mm-hmm. and that stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool sort of uh, you know pseudo hard science going on in this science fiction, you know, and uh, it's it's actually it's a really intriguing, interesting read. I would recommend it. Um, it's fun, especially if you've seen the show The Expanse and you like it. It's worth listening to. Um, what else? I've been trying to catch up on the DVR, all the TV, all the superhero shows and stuff. I'm finally getting caught up to, like, last week with uh, all of it. The Flash and Gotham and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that junk that I watch. I'm getting caught up. Then I want to dive into that show Taboo because I heard it was really good. And I like Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's next up in our playlist after we fi- finish through Sherlock. Nice. Um, so, yeah, lots of good stuff coming and out. John Wick 2 opens Friday. so I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Dude, that first movie was so good. That, yeah, and they almost lost me with the dog, and then they redeemed themselves. Oh, that, <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was better than it had any right to be. Like I went to, go, I wanted to see it, and Heather didn't. And the show she wanted to see when she got there wasn't showing for like another hour. So it was like, well, I'll take you to see your movie tomorrow. But we're here, so why don't we just go see John Wick? It starts in like fifteen minutes. She's like, okay. Yeah, it, she's like, that was great. It reminded me of a less cartoony version of Shoot 'Em Up, because um, that movie I had like zero expectations of, and I actually really enjoyed that one. Shoot 'Em Up was fun. It was yeah, silly, this, but it was fun. Yeah, this is definitely the serious version of Bugs Bunny with a machine gun. <laughs> so, yeah, that oh, everything in this, everything in John Wick was so good. I mean, I hope number two isn't just stupid, you know, and and because I've seen sequels that can be really good. So I'm hoping that this yeah. chapter two is not just another excuse to redo all the stuff they did in part one. Yeah. And we just watched uh, Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For, and it was yeah. just not. Nope. No. Nope. No. Even Eva Green couldn't save that movie. Nope. But then again, she didn't save 300 either. <sighs> <laughs> Love that woman, but she picked some bad sequels to be in. Yeah. 
Well, that's part of it. You're picking the sequel. It's like, you know, it's not going to be as good, right? You're not going to you're not catching lightning in a bottle again. No. Uh, yeah, so other than that, I think that's about it. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well, um, huh. Do we jump right into PACA, or do we? Uh, we've only been on about, going about 15 minutes. I suppose we should uh, talk a little bit about PACA before we take a yeah. break. Yeah, we can. Um, so it was in a new venue this year. For those that aren't familiar, for years we've been at uh, the Foxfire uh, Hotel and the Wapaka Ale House uh, for the first seven years. Um, and then this year we were at the it was at the Ramada, right? Yep. It was literally yeah. down the street, about a half mile. Yeah, it was not very far at all. I mean, it's Wapaka is kind of a two street town, so I mean, it is what it is. It's a really nice place. Um, for the most part, it was quiet. Yeah, um, I, I don't think know. They were ready for us in the in the in the restaurant. I don't like. I think they knew what they were getting into because a lot of the staff that worked there worked uh, the ale house when we were there, and they've been talking about wanting to get us over there since uh, they've all been over there. So they kind of knew what was coming, but I don't think they really comprehended what was coming. Yeah, they were a little short-staffed, it seemed. But uh, other than that, dude, right across the street was the convenience store and the gas station, and they had a 24-hour restaurant there across the street. Mm-hmm. Dude, they had some good breakfast stuff there. I went over there with Hastings and uh, – and, uh, uh, Patty and with uh, Tomlin, and uh, we got some got some breakfast food. It was pretty good. So that was like that was the one thing I liked more about the Ramada. Really, was that there was other stuff close by now because this mm-hmm. was like right when you got off the expressway, so all the stuff was there. Yeah, as opposed to going three quarters of a mile down to the ale house, like you could literally walk out and walk to a couple of these different places now. Yeah, that was kind of a nice add, and there was. I don't know. I mean, it's not too far out, but when we were doing it, it was just everyone went to the ale house. There was room at the ale house, and that's just what we did. And, right, and there was no need year, to go anywhere else. And here it's like, oh, I could literally just walk across the street and grab something real, real quick. Yeah. So this one had a lot more options, and then we were actually separated. We had two rooms, and then the, we had the little room, um, which was AOS and Saga for the weekend, and then the basement, which was the – Larger events like the Infinity, the 40K, and then AOS on Sunday. Sunday, Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, I wasn't super fan of us being separated from everybody, but understood that's what we had to do. Yeah. I mean, they just needed more room than they had for one area. And still, I mean, this was still, that area was bigger than the area at at the Ale House. Yeah. It was bigger than the area they had for that. Um, and it still wasn't enough because you had a lot of games, a lot of things going on. So mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. I, I overall, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm glad we had the other food options because, like I said, the, the the restaurant got a little overwhelmed. It seemed, but other than that, um, I was pretty pleased. So yeah. So. We go there and there's God. There's a lot of people there. <laughs> there is, and not just nerds. Um, I mean, there's plenty of those too. Yeah, but there's um, there was other. I mean, it was the ho- the hotel had other stuff going on. They had several pools and a couple of water slides, and people yeah. were obviously coming with their families for that. There was some. 
I don't know what that other group was doing. Like it seemed like they were scrapbooking, but there were like entire families there for it. So yeah, and then there was that hockey tournament that seems to be every year when the, we run Wapaka. Right. Um, so I mean, there's tons of kids running all over the place, especially on Saturday night. Um, so I mean, it was still a good vibe. No one, I mean, there wasn't any hullabaloo that I really saw. It was just everyone was being cool, having a good time. No, it was good. So. It was it was uh, it was pretty chill, and everybody was just doing their own thing. Uh, Everybody, I mean, they had all the different gaming systems set up. Everyone was just walking over, seeing how other people were doing. Because it's weird, because it's all the same people who used to be at Wapaka, except now we're not all playing the same game. So you finish mm-hmm. up your game, and you wander over to some of the other games and just see how your friends are doing. Or you just check it out because it looks cool. Yeah. And then you maybe ask for a demo or ask about how the game works, and just kind of opens your eyes to a lot more things, which is, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Hey, it's the only reason I it's the only reason I have anything 40k right now was because we that was when we when we signed up, that was what there was to do on Saturday and everybody I know was like, "Oh, we're doing it. We're playing. We're playing. You should play." Okay. Yeah. It was nice to do a for me, I only did narrative events, so for me it was a nice break from the normal just all competitive-ish stuff all the time. So, it that was a nice break. To have the narrative options instead of just doing the competitive type events. Yeah. Uh, Chad Hansen's narrative uh, AOS on Friday was excellent. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh, Nichols' Saturday uh, 40K narrative was just... Talk about being involved, too. Like He he got a lot of things he was putting together there. The displays, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the little Moncala board that was made up for matching up teams... Across all the different planets and the different, uh, you know, terrain scapes that he had set up. I was like, yeah, he, wow. Yeah, Chad and Ryan really, they put the wow factor on it, um, which really carried over into the quality of the event. I mean, I'll be honest, spoiler alert, I lost all, almost all of my games, but I didn't care. <laughs> um, it was just the... The quality of the events that were run, with the exception of maybe mine, were pretty outstanding. And definitely recommend, if you've not gone, you should go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you have gone, you should try to, uh, if you only go and play one thing, which a lot of people were doing, you should really spread out and try to pick up a few other games, at least one other game while you're there. Um, Yeah, just try it. Just go for it. You won't regret it. There was so much going on. Like, every time I turned around, someone was playing something or giving someone else a demo of something. And then it's like, oh, the games are over. And then the guys pulled out, like, like 800 uh, boxes of tubs for Star Wars Armada stuff. And then they were playing, like, all-night Star Wars Armada. And I was just like, what? Yeah, and then Butcher ran his two uh, X-Wing narrative games. Yep. Um, there was just a lot going on. There was always something to do. And even if it was just hanging out and having a beverage, that was just fine, too. Yeah. Everyone was just there to have a good time. And you get to see all the people you don't get to see too often or not often enough. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And that, that, and that was, like I said, that was even why I didn't mind that Saturday 
40 games. I really, I'm like, I just want to see my friends and hang out. My friends are playing this game. I know we'll be doing stuff. I might play against them. Um, otherwise, you know, in between rounds, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get to talk to them. But mm-hmm. for me, that's what this was all about: was just hanging with your friends, rolling dice. Um, like I said, I, two narrative events and one competitive event, and I did, I did fairly well. Um, actually. I did okay, and, and the, the someone posted the 40K rankings, and I think out of the, what was there, 30? 30. 30. I came in right around, I think, around the halfway mark. Yeah, and I came in, I think, near the top 10 for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was just, it was cool. And you know what? I got absolutely smashed all of three of my games. Yep. I didn't care. Because I was playing good people. I learned a lot oh. about what I was doing, though, which was nice. Because now it's like, next time I play it, I at least have a few ideas of things I can do and stuff like that. But we'll talk about that, too, in a minute. Um, you know, we should probably break real quick. Yeah. And then when we come back, we'll just talk about the individual days, like just kind of sort of the fun things we did. I don't want to go too long into, into game coverage, per se. Although I no. wouldn't mind talking about a couple of cool things that happened. Yeah, because especially the narrative event, I played. You know, we played against some some lists that were kind of wonky and stuff like that. Um, and then I I managed to pull off a couple crazy stunts with the Stormcast in a couple of games, and that's like the little things that I just wanted to you know chit chat about. I mean, how each game went in a narrative event where there were no winners unless you got best sports and best painting, and you were the same guy and your name was Rotor. Um, what that, a guy. <laughs> Best sports and best paint at Chad Hansen's event. So, well-deserved. I had a good time. I was actually his partner in the third game, and that was uh, we had a good time uh, talking smack to uh, Andrea and Paul Wagner. So, All right, when we come back, we'll talk about all the different things we did um, without getting too detailing. So we'll be right back. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. We are back talking narrative events and a little bit of competition, but mostly narrative, which is <laughs> awesome. Yes, it is, uh, you story stinker. It was nice. It was a very nice break, and the two people that ran it did an absolutely superlative job. And that's that's where it all paid off. That's where that's it, it could have been 
okay, we played some narrative events and it was fun to not stress about it. Um, it's not the first time I've, we've done that, you know, but it was it was the obvious care mm-hmm. that went into these things, um, especially with Chad Hansen, who's like, listen, I kind of play tested this stuff. It seems like it's going to work. And like on the fly, he's like, oh, I got to make a couple of adjustments, you know? Yeah. <laughs> with like the, It was the willingness to be flexible. Yeah. And he's like, look, guys, just relax. We're not playing for there's no winner here. There, there's a winning side, but there's no prize for, uh, you know, first place here. So just do your best and, and have some fun. And that's exactly what we did. And that was a great way to start everything. Yeah. You know, getting there, you know, Friday morning, um, we actually got in there late Thursday night. I drove with Taz and Luke. Um, by the time they went to reserve the room, there weren't any rooms left. At the Ramada, so they had to go down the street. And where did they stay? They stayed at the uh, Comfort Suites, which was the, the, the it was the old Wapaka place. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> but they had a really good breakfast. So we got up in the morning, had breakfast, and went in there about 8 o'clock. And Chad's just like, look, splits us up into two halves. He's got a little board and a map he made. Mm-hmm. You know, basically with three tiles on the top, four in the middle, three on the bottom, sort of like, you know, you know, mismatch, almost like hex squares. Yeah. And then we basically, you, you were on the team with me. We were on the side for order. There was uh, about eight or ten of us. And then there was the other, well, the, the remaining three were all lumped in on the chaos side. Yeah, it was eight and eight split. Eight and eight, that's it. Um, We all had a token. We all placed in our deployment zone sort of on the board, which is the chaos was all on the north side of the map and order was on the south side of the map. And then we had the middle terrain piece. And we all rolled for initiative. And we got to move into the different territories. And so once we were moved into territories, it's like, okay. And Chad had some rules to make sure that everything wound up even if we, even if we didn't plan to go there, like if it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. He was able to even us out. Uh, to make sure everybody plays everyone and see who wins what tiles. And it was kind of like Mighty Empire's feel to it. At least, yeah. You know. And then the way he laid the tables out was in the positions they were on the map. Yes. So if you moved into the middle left square on the map, you go to the middle left table in the center row. Yeah. No, he so did it was very up. intuitive. Yeah, he did have them set up. There was uh, 10 spots on the map and 12 tables, but two of them just weren't in use. They were like extra tables there for gaming or if we needed things later. I mean, they were set up for the weekend. Um, but, yeah, it was really intuitive. <laughs> I'm here. And the, the map, and each one had a name, and you could look over at the map, and they're like, yep, that's what that is. That's a river. That's the river map. That's the that's this map. That's the dungeon dwarf. That's the dwarf dungeon map. Okay. And... Uh, so you're picking and moving around, and there was a little bit of uh, sort of tactics in the movement of your game pieces on the board, much mm-hmm. like there is in Mighty Empires. Um, but overall, basically, you know what wound up happening is most of the time you had a couple of team events, you know, with with re- paired with a random partner against uh, two random opponents, and um, we had I, it was so much fun. Um. Of course, that first game was me and Taz against Luke and Paul Wagner, which was like, you know, Taz and Luke and I all drove up together, and we all got put in the same game. 
and it totally worked out. We had so much fun. Of course, I had me and Taz whooped on uh, Paul and uh, and Luke. And I'm going to use the phrase whooped on because I have nobody here to contradict me. Yeah, it looked uh, pretty one-sided. But um, I was yeah. I got really lucky in a couple of roles. And uh, <laughs> uh, so you know that uh, Lord Stellistant on the Dracoth? Yeah. A couple of good roles, and he can take stuff out. Yeah, he's kind of a badass. Yeah. Um, you know, we took our turn. I put a couple of shots into one of Paul's Arachnoroks. I think I took one or two wounds off of it. So I think it had like 11 left. Uh, and he rolls up on this thing, and I charge in with the uh, Lord and the Dracoth. And uh, between his getting the extra attacks for the charge with his with his hammer, um, the... Uh, if the Dracoth scores a six to wound, uh, then unsaved wounds are actually done at uh, D6 wounds instead of one. Yeah. So I ran up and the Dracoth totally hit it hit on all three, uh, wounded six, six, five. Paul Ugh. saved the five and couldn't save the sixes. And it's like, oh, you need to take that off. And the Arachnorok went away and he was just like, what? I'm like, yep, between the Lord Celestant and the Dracoth, they took the... Uh, and then just moved over to the next one. Like, okay, we're taking on this one next. And Paul's like, what just what just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, it was filthy and it was terrible and it was so much fun because it was stupid. It was just like, wow. That's- yeah. <laughs> I was on the receiving end in my game because I got partnered with my buddy Dan, my devoted, which was 70 flagellants, a war altar, a priest, and a witch hunter. Because I wanted to do it, and there was nobody saying I couldn't. There's no reason um, you shouldn't. No. And it was fun to play. It, and then um, Dan had some dwarves. And we pulled up against Tom McClure and Dave King with each one of them had a flesh eater list. That was basically Tom's army split in half. And, yeah, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Oh, yeah. McClure and King were, were beating up people. Yeah. And they didn't move. They were the only ones that sat on the same board all day. And they won all the games that were played on that board. And uh, Chad even renamed it on the map as Ghoul Pass, not Mountain Pass. Right. After the weekend. Because so, they took it, it over and they stayed there and nothing got through. None passed. No. No. And that was, that was a learning experience, um, being on the receiving end of that mess. Um. And then game two, it's you and me. Yeah. And with, with Stormcast and your devoted of Sigmar. It was kind of like, hey, this makes sense. It actually worked, too. Like, we were able to yeah. work in tandem and have those two those two bits uh, working well. So I was pleased with that. Um, now, that second game, who were we playing? We were playing um, Tup. Tup with his Skaven and then... Uh Sean Clark with his uh, filth kings. Um, he had <laughs> like his army was five models, folks. It was Archon and two units of Morgas, which okay, and some stuff to summon, and a few summon points. He had a yeah. summoning pool. Um, so looking at that, and then Tup had a pretty all over the place Skaven army, um, which was fine. I mean, it's Skaven, which is cool. Um, and Tup's got the whole Clan Eshin theme that he's had for years. 
Um, and Tup literally but, all of his, all of his uh, like war machines and all of his little two man, ex- you know, fighty, shooty, explodey things. Mm-hmm. Every one of them blew up on him. Every time he, he either missed or they blew up when he tried to fire him. Yeah, I mean, I took the cannon off turn one with the war altar, but still, it was just nothing got working right on his end. No, so. <laughs> um. That one was fun. They they had to run around in a different forest, and when they ran into the right forest, the correct forest, uh, the Green Knight popped out of it, and then it was their job to try and kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for us, it popped out. We managed to get it onto the other side of the forest, and then we control it and try to keep it alive. So you just ran it towards the center where a bunch of our guys still were, and uh, or center it uh, towards the back line, but in the center of the board. And... Um, so everything we had just surrounded it. <laughs> we'll send that half of the army to go fight with him, either slow him down or kill him, and the rest of these guys will be here just making sure that nobody gets to this thing. And that, yeah, because we surrounded him with like 50 flagellants and a bunch of retributors, so there was no way anyone was getting to him. No, that was... Uh, I still wanted to get Archon. We got him down. We just got him down like one wound, but we couldn't get him gone. No, we killed him. Did we kill him? Yeah, it was your judicators. Turned oh. him into a pincushion. Oh, that's right. That's right. He had like one wound left. And he was like, okay, just shoot him. Yeah. He yeah. tried to get away. And uh, that's when Sean had to switch lists. Because with the uh, named characters, if they die, you can't use them again because they're dead. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, which was cool. Nice little narrative addition uh, from the Chad. Yeah. Um, well, that's so right, then he had to g- pick a different list and he didn't know what to do. Oh, no, he knew what he was doing. What was he doing um, next? I actually played against him uh, game three. I was partnering with Braska, um, which I was super excited about. It's like, this is great. I don't get to see Chris too often and finally getting to you know, like play with him is going to be fun. And then the scenario was not really in our favor. And um, we played Sean Clark, who then switched to a all night haunt list with a Morngul as the general. Um, oh, so boy. yeah, that should tell you how fun it was. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> Davy Calkins, uh, from mortal realms, rock and bone split is, which is fine, all well and good, but the scenario, um, and they played a little, uh, more competitive than where Chris and I were at. Um, they definitely made it almost like an impossible to win scenario for us, but oh, I mean, we gave it our best. So but again, this was a narrative event. This wasn't exactly supposed to be fair. This was supposed to be fun. Yeah, that was part of it. Some of, the, some of this stuff was a little lopsided, depending on where you were on the table or what you were doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it was fine. It was still a good time, and I still you know, got to spend time with Chris, even though we are just kind of looking across the table at each other like, okay, how are you doing, Chris? You know, so <laughs> it was fine. It was fun. Um, how about your game three? Who did you... You got partnered up with Rotor, right? That was game three. Yeah, it was me and Rotor yeah. against uh, Andrea Schwant and Paul Wagner. So, two big Arachnoroks, again, with a bunch of uh, wolf riders and chariots and spiders, riders, or whatever. It was all goblin stuff. And then Andrea had um, a bunch of Grotz and uh, <laughs> the um, Thunder Tusk and the Stonehorn. Yeah, she borrowed parts of Brad's army for that event. Yeah, it uh, 
it was hard to it was hard to slow that down. Now, once again, here I am, paired up. Now we're playing pairs. Rotor is uh, doing his, uh, you know, natural charming uh, thing. You know, joking around, laughing with everybody, moving stuff. He had a lot of like skinks. He's like, "There's nothing I can do against these big things with these skinks." He's like, "You're gonna have to rush up." So I'm like, "Okay, I'll rush up. I'll try to take care of these arachnorocks, and then get across to the." Thunder Tuscan Stonehorn. Meanwhile, we'll shoot at it. We'll try to we can take a couple points off it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I shot up the Arachnorock, and then I ran into it with uh, a bunch of retributors. Thing has thirteen wounds. I managed to do twelve. Ugh. If I'd have done the thirteenth, if I'd have gotten that one extra wound through, then everyone would have piled in or moved over to the second one. Including the Lord Celestine and the Drakoth. Get into that one. Take that out. We would have had it surrounded. We would have been able to take that out on a second turn. And then been able to move straight across and not worry about it. And send everything we had to send against the Stonehorn and the Thunder Tusk. That one turn messed it all up. Like literally leaving him there so that he got to attack. Whittle down my forces. And then I had to spend my next fate, combat phase finishing him off. You know, he was holding stuff there. I was like, oh, so close. But um, you could do a lot of smashy-smashy with the Stormcast. Yeah, yeah, you can. And you didn't even take any of the nasty stuff. No, no. Okay, oh, should I, Okay. what did I have? I had uh, Celestin on Dracoth. Cool. I had the uh, the musician dude. The, yeah, Okay. the Heraldor. The Heraldor. Um, I had uh, Lord Relictor. And then I had two units of five Judicators, a unit of ten Liberators, a unit of five Protectors, two units of five... Oh, no, this was... Oh, no, for our... No, that, that, sorry, the thousand points, I didn't have nearly that much. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have. I had way less than that. Um, but, I mean, basically, it was just a lot of foot stuff. Yeah. I mean, there was the guy on Drakoth... Um, I don't. I didn't think I had three characters. I think I only had two. Uh, and then I had yeah, only two units. So I had one unit of uh, or the two units of uh, judicators, no liberators, and then one each of the uh, the protectors and uh, the uh, the other guys, the uh, retributors. And then I had some of the flyers, the prosecutors. That's about it. That's enough. Yeah. But so, I mean, it was so much fun. I mean, we we actually wound up winning that third scenario uh, by a very close margin. Uh, it was literally on the last turn. I charged in with the uh, with the four or five retributors that I had. And uh, <laughs> Andrea had like 20 night goblins near this. Near this, uh, you know, this objective. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm just charging with all of this. I'm like, come on, good hits, good hits. Boom! I got, you know, I managed to star soul mace a couple of them, get some good hits in. You know, two damage with the retributors. I managed to pop almost half the unit, like nine or ten guys. Um, and then she rolls her battle shock, and the rest of it all goes away. And that is what basically left the the objective open. Uh, for us to to take a victory on that one, it was so close, but it was so much fun. 
Nice. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of, you know, hanging out with your friends. And I was just kind of pushing them forward and seeing, testing what they could get away with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm trying to learn still with the Stormcast. Like, there's times where it's like, well, on paper. And I, here's my problem is I always look at what they can do and not what they usually do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I could really just rush in with these guys and do a ton of damage if I get good rolls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I need to kind of be more aware of this is what they're probably going to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's, that's, that's what I was finding out of this, this narrative event, was how far can I push these guys? Like, well, how much can they do? How much can they take? And it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Uh, like I spoiled last segment, Rotor got best sports and best painted. Uh, and Chaos won. Um, it might have been a draw had uh, Taz and whoever else she was playing with beat the the ghoul army in the past there. Mm-hmm. But it was not to be. No, unfortunately. That seems to be the uh, theme of the weekend. Chaos won our event, knocking order back. Uh, it had, I think, six or seven tiles to our three or four. And considering that you start with three, uh, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's ten tiles. We started with three. We wound up with three or four. So, nah. Yeah. We didn't do so hot in that, but it's still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. was really more what it was about. Yeah. No, everyone Everyone there had a really good time. It was cool. It was laid back. You got little bonus cards when you won a, won, uh, a round. So that you could get little uh, little perks that you could play out. So, mm-hmm. on the whole, a good day. Yeah, and that was just Friday. Yep. Um, and then Saturday we played Age of Sigmar. No, Saturday we played. No, Saturday 40K. we played Forty K. I mean, this was a weird day. Yes, it was because we were definitely fish out of water, and it showed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't weird in the way anyone treated us or the weird that the way no. anybody... I mean, I'm going to say this. I had three amazing games. I really mm-hmm. did. Um, uh, I took the I took my thousand points of just uh, slogging on their feet, uh, Ultramarines, with some pretty generic setups, and I lost every game. <laughs> But boy, were we having fun! And the cool thing was, you know, Nickel was like, "Yeah, go ahead and play. This is this is a, this is something you could play in, and not worry about it." Because once again, it's narrative. Um, people are still trying to win, but they're trying to win for their entire force. Because mm-hmm. there was Xenos, Chaos, and the Imperium, right? And so there was th- ten ten players in each group, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so then, you know, you were fighting for the ascendancy of your your little faction. Um, but uh, everyone was really chill, you know. Uh, my first game, I got to play against Joe Pecoraro, who brought, are they Iron Hands? I think they're Iron Hands. Yeah, the traitor Iron Hands, yeah. I think, because he was fighting Chaos. Right, he was playing Chaos, right. But... Uh, like, he's like, I guess his first 40K event was that event last year. 
Mm-hmm. So he was in my boat too. He's like, I had like one game under my belt. I'm like, that's all I have. He's like, yep. He was coming. On. He was helping me out. Oh, you shouldn't do this, or um, you know, th- make sure that you do these things. You know, not enough to make me whoop on him, but just to make sure that I understood the, the mechanics and didn't miss basic steps in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was fun. I, I lost, but it was a cool game. Um, I did do a cool maneuver. I had cool maneuvers in most of my games. This game's cool maneuver was Laz cannoning his super ultra dreadnought thing that shouldn't have died ever with the big cannons, and I one-shotted it off the board. And we were figuring, okay, I had to roll, uh, I think I needed, what, a four-up to uh, to hit it. And then I had to wound it. And then after that, I think it was, uh, maybe it was not even been a three-up to hit it and to wound it, whatever. But then it had a four-up cover save re-rollable that had failed both times. And then, uh, and then I had to roll to damage it, and I needed a six to damage it to blow it up. Um, so it just it wound up. They figured out with all the dice rolls that had to happen in the order they had to happen. I had just under a two percent chance of that ever happening with all the rolls we had of those rolls coming in that order. And I did it, and it blew it up. And it was the one big bright spot on that game because he was pretty much pounding on me. But it was just like that thing came around the corner and was about to decimate everything. And I'm like, nope. You're going to have to nice. beat me with your foot soldiers and your and your stuff like that. And he, he did. But mm-hmm. I, I, I blew up the big thing. So I was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's that's nice. Very nice. How did yours go? Um, well, I borrowed uh, Blood Angels from the most awesome Scott Tipsword. Um, cause I didn't get my salamanders done in time, uh, which are space Marines for those that aren't super familiar. Um, I played against Chris Walker. Um, so oh, you played your first game against Walker. Yeah. Okay. My second a, game was against Walker. Yeah. I played Chris and he's just got a ton of orcs, just a whole bunch of boys. And then, uh, he had this pseudo death star type unit of slugger boys with a pain boy and a, really big boy and he's got one guy with a cheeseburger in his hand um and overalls but um it was and then he had the <laughs> truck with 11 flamers in it yeah with the 10 with the 10 burner boys plus a mech with a rocket and i i tried to do everything i could i tried to funnel him because he's got so much more than i do i think i put down 30 marines and didn't really get a lot out of anything. Um, I tried to funnel him into a spot where I could corner him and put as much pressure as I could on with the flamers that I had. And I just could not kill anything. And then the time I go for the glorious charge of my assault Marines with a chaplain, nope, fail the charge. And then suddenly um, all these orcs come screaming out of a building and start punching me in the face. Um, so, yeah, it was – I got my butt kicked pretty hard, but I got uh, max points on my narrative objective, which was really what I was just trying to do. And I kept challenging with everybody that could issue a challenge. And Chris is like, why are you doing that? It makes no sense. And it's like, just just shut up. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, no, it was it was a good game. I mean, I it's... lost pretty soundly, but – yeah. Um, 
We had no, similar cool. games against Chris. Um, there was Patty came over, and Patty was sitting watching the game, and he's like, "This is very cinematic." Like, the, just all those orcs. That I had a we had a ruins that looked like the two corners of a building with the whole rest of the center pulled out. So mm-hmm. it was like you know this diamond shaped building between us. With only the two, like the left and right corners there, and everything else in the middle of it. And he had like the two units of orcs there, and they literally ran around the left of the building, the right of the building, and straight through the center. And once again, I mean, he had, like you said, I mean, Walker had over, well over 100 uh, guys on foot, plus the truck, plus uh, about three or four, uh, you know, uh, war machines. Yeah, he definitely had some grot artillery. Yeah. It was a really solid list and yeah it was good. did it you was do so any fun. better against it no i had no. Dude, i had i had 36 infantry and two rhinos i mean i managed to put a i, I managed to put some a dent in it but no he is yeah his stuff was just beating on me and that that was fine i did everything i could i ran around i shot stuff it was it was it was very i mean cinematic is the right word for it because they would just come mm-hmm. around from everywhere and sort of surround this, and I would just t- take out tons of them, but there was never – I could not take out enough. And as my Space Marines one by two, you know, kept falling off, meanwhile the green – that big green, you know, mob is just encircling my unit and getting, you know, one or – they just – you know, I'm killing five, they're killing one, and they're winning. Uh-huh. It was, it was really cool, though. <laughs> Like, I had so much fun. And again, Chris is like, you know, you're not using your chapter tactics. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to use those. He's like, yeah, you really need to use those. You should be using them now. <laughs> like, he's like, they're, they're, you need these. You should be using them. So it was, so it was cool. It's like, you know, you're losing, and you need, to, you need to try to not lose. Here's the obvious thing you're missing. Like, I'm filling you in on the obvious ones at least. And that's all I wanted was someone to make sure I wasn't making a complete idiot of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool when I got to play that second game with Chris Walker. Um, we had a really good time with it, a really good time. And then, uh, do you have anything exciting happen in your second game, or did it wait till it got up to the to the team tournaments? Oh no, um, my second game I played a uh, Patrick Brindelson right uh, from Mini, and he had Necrons. Um, and my first GW army was actually Necrons in 40k. Um, and when I played them, they had exactly one troop's choice, and everything was garbage. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, and then he's rattling off everything that these things do, and it's like, I suddenly realized I got the short end of the Necron stick on this one. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a fun game. I got to play Patrick, so the, the outcome didn't matter. Um, but the whole scenario, we were flying around trying to claim objectives with our mana intrigue and everything, and... He has this absolute nightmare of a unit, which are the Necron Race, which are like a three-up armor save, a three-up invulnerable, and then they got some sort of reanimation protocol, so so they step back up when you knock them down. Oh, jeez. Kind of like, um, okay, and they got a bucket of attacks in combat. They're just absolute nightmares. Um, But Ryan had these, like, empiric storm cards or, like, random extra stuff that you add to your games in 40K. I've not seen them before. But the whole thing was you got to flip it on the turn that he said to do it. So when we flipped ours, it was warp tunnels. So you got to pick up a unit and place it anywhere not within nine inches of an enemy unit. Just anywhere you want it on the table. Okay, cool. 
So I threw my assault squad over on the other side of the table away from the wraiths. And then what does he do? He does the same thing to his unit. He sends the wraiths all the way over and then <laughs> makes that very long charge. And it took us um, about four full rounds of combat for me to finally knock all the wraiths down. And that was the only unit I killed. Because nothing else died. It's just like, oh boy. why don't you just stay down? I'm trying to like <laughs> put you in the ground and you don't stay down. Um, but it was playing Patrick, so I really didn't care. But it was kind of nice to see like, oh, wow, Necrons suddenly got really good. You can't kill a damn one of them. So, um, yeah, that was a good game with Patrick. Um, and then for the whole campaign, the Imperium was down again yep um and we had to do uh team games uh for game three and you got to play in a team game and i didn't um, that's true that is true. how it broke down yeah i was playing with uh oh, i had his name written down here and i don't have it in front of me now i believe it was nate yeah it was nate the yeah. salamander guy yeah nate and he knew his 40k so he was like I'll play with White Tech, and this way I can sort of show him what he should be. Like, I just learned a whole bunch of stuff, like, oh, you can do that on your deployment? Oh, you can, like, like basic stuff that the rest of the guys are like, yeah, you didn't know that? I'm like, I do now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I can use this to much more to my advantage next time I play the game. I was not doing this at all. So um, we played against Dave King's uh, Nurgle and uh, other dude, and I'm blanking on his name. I don't, I didn't have it written down in front of me. Um, but he was playing all the corn. Stuff. Oh, salmon? No, no, no. He knew Nick. Like I guess they played a bunch of games before. Or not Nick, Nate. Uh, oh, okay. He was a friend of Nate's, and they had, they'd played a bunch before, and so they were teamed up. And uh, we we lost out on that one. Um, but on that one, the way the board was set up and stuff, they basically got perfect, you know, perfect uh, little shelters for their for their their tanks. Um, I got to start off in the uh, in the big weapons thing. So I mean, we just we rolled some dice and, and killed a bunch of stuff, and it was cool. Uh, I learned a bunch of stuff in that game. I had three great games though, and that was what was really neat. Was I was nervous, like I didn't want to play that morning. Like mm-hmm. I just like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to embarrass myself. I'm just going to waste the time of the people I'm playing here with. Because some of those guys play a lot of 40k. So yeah, they like, do. But they were all just like, dude, it's it, there's there's no real. Excuse me, no real winner here, and you're not you're not really a threat, even if there is. So here, come on, we'll show you what you're doing. And every that's what everybody did the whole the whole morning. Joe and uh, and Chris and uh, and and Nate, everyone. It was just all uh, it was fantastic. We, I had a good time with all of my opponents, um, and I came home and it made me want to keep painting up this stuff and keep working with it because I think I could have a lot of fun with this. It didn't hurt that they. Like days after we got home, as I was starting to put things away and pick pick out things and look at them, it's like, oh, the Primarch's coming back for this army. Yep, I'll keep going with it. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So um, the way it worked out was that we had one extra team because of the way the stuff worked on the board. So you just wanted to, didn't you wind up just playing, uh, uh, who did you play against the third round? I played Lou. Yeah, you played against Lou. Was Which like, was just, great. Yeah. I got to play Lou. And we were just kind of throwing paintballs at each other. Um, he had a much classier list than I did. Um, 
which was totally okay because um, any we really didn't care. We were just playing for fun. Um, in this scenario, we had to use our men intrigue as like really cool, awesome fighters. And my guy wasn't anything special. It was an assault marine given the bird, um, but he had Deathstroke from the Batman miniatures game because he's been working on that stuff. Yeah, and he painted up a really tight Deathstroke, so he was using him as his man of intrigue. So he put Deathstroke in a drop pod with uh, Sterngard, and they drop in on my assault squad, turn one, take half of them off, and it just boiled down to Deathstroke standing there killing everybody, and it's like, yeah, I can't beat Deathstroke, because it's Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he... Uh, well, my he objective in... marker was a tombstone, because I was I was pretty much going to die in all my yeah. games, so... And I knew it. As long as you own it. Um, but, no, Lou and I had a really good game and his flyer came in and shot up a bunch of my stuff and i had a squad of tactical marines that got out of their rhino and were moving up the board and when you move with a heavy weapon you can only fire a snapshot which means only hits on a six right um so i took a cheeky shot up at the bird or the plane which needs a six to hit so it's like yeah what the heck let's try it so Rolled a six, which is like, all right, I might actually do something. And then I rolled a one for armor pen. Oh, um, no. It was it was that kind of game. I just could not get anything going. And mainly because I was playing against Deathstroke. I'm pretty sure that's what did it. But I got to play Lou, which, I mean. Lou's a good again, guy. I, yeah, but it was I played three guys that I don't get to play terribly often that I really enjoy seeing. And we were just rolling dice and blowing stuff up. Yep. Um, I would definitely do this again next year if Ryan runs it, which I certainly hope he does. Um, except I'm definitely going to want to get my salamanders done. Because, yeah, Blood Angels just just ain't for me. Yeah, and but, I'll need a, I'll need a, at least a better list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to play because I'll keep the Ultramarines. I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah. But would you do it again next year? Oh yeah, if it's open, I'm going to sign up right away because he's going to continue this story. This is this actually continued the story he told last year, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently Chaos I think has won both years. Yeah, so now they're in for that final haul to like you know wipe out humankind. So now next year we got to get better and we got to actually win something. That's a goal right there. Hobby yeah, because that's yeah that's that's bad. Cass is about to dominate that whole thing. But talk about, I mean, you know, his little display board with the planets and the little pins for everybody's armies to see who won in what places and where they're, how much control they have over the place. It was just like that type of stuff, those details, those, those, those three-dimensional maps and stuff like that. That's what really took that, you know, the little side game on the event over the top. Yeah, and he had a little narrative add-on and talking about what happens in the game and where things are going and how things are changing. Yep. Which was fantastic job, Ryan. Kudos to you. Yeah. It was it, I I can't I can't I can't say enough about how good it was. Because it really did. I mean, on a day that I was nervous, um, I played against great guys having great fun in these games. Uh, once again, really well thought out, tight set of rules that he had for for you know deciding on where you're going to play and who you're going to play against. Um, so much fun, so much fun. And then we get to the uh, 
the final day. Sunday, the age of Sigmar. Uh, the age of Sigmar one day event run by Alex. I tried to. I tried really hard to run an event. I didn't do a very good job. Um, I was really tired. Um, and then I did a lot of things wrong with the packet. Um, and I definitely did not live up to my expectations. Um, but everyone still had fun. Like we all had a good time and yeah, there were some mistakes and typos in the packet, but when you caught him, you told us, or when Mm -hmm. someone else caught him, you told us, I mean, you just, you just, you know, we rolled with it. We straightened it out. We made it, made it work. Um, you know, we all had a good time. I wasn't honestly. I wasn't too worried. Now, I know if I was putting a packet out and people found mistakes, and I'd be like just livid with myself. So I get how you're like, oh, there were mistakes. Yeah, but I honestly, was. I don't think it affected anyone's fun. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just beating up myself the whole rest of the day because um, I was trying to fix everything with the packet, and then I screwed up and left uh, James Nelson off the player roster. Whoops. Um, so that put me at odds, which then means I had to ring and run, um, and try to fix everything. And it was just getting way overwhelming. I know I was losing my nerve and then Domus brought up and he found, uh, Casey, um, Gilliland. Uh, he was running the, uh, what do you call it? The Armada narrative from the night before. Um, <laughs> and he got him to, uh, play the ringer for, the last two games this way i could focus on being a to um so major props to those two guys i didn't thank them at the awards ceremony i really should have um but serious props to those two bros for helping me out it was much much appreciated and i was in a substantially better place after uh casey stepped up so major props and he had fun playing it um the ringer there was no ringer gate this year chris you um but um, it was just it was devoted in Stormcast. It was the armies that I brought with me. Um, not particularly good, but didn't matter. Um, and he had a ball with it, just letting the flagellants die and blow up. And he had a great time. And I think everyone that played had a good time. Yep. I mean, and anytime someone came at me with feedback on the scenarios, the first thing I did was I went to my computer and wrote it down. Or made that change immediately because a lot of these scenarios we're going to use at Adepticon. So yep. it was a good trial run for me to see how they played. And especially with some of the problem armies that I don't have a lot of exposure to, like Beast Claws, Brad, um, and how that works out. So, I mean, it was a good time. I think everyone really enjoyed themselves. Um, oh, yeah. But enough tournament organizer jibber-jabber. How did you do? <laughs> Well, uh, I had three great games again. Um, I my first game I got to play against uh, Butcher, and I never got to play against Butcher. His army is so gorgeous. His Nurgle army, mm-hmm. it looks so nice. Um, we're both there. We're both there at like seven thirty in the morning because dice drop at eight on this last day. And uh, he's we're both like sort of dragging as we're setting up. We realize we got to pick up the pace if we want to get the whole game in. And after the first turn, cause we both have all these models, and we're just moving them in and getting in these first-turn-long slogs of just punching each other and hitting each other. Um, I've got really good armor. He just sloughs off wounds, and so we're just hitting each other and not taking any models off. And after about the first turn, we realized he was like, he's like, man, I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to get as many turns in as I can. He's like, I know you will. I'm like, yeah. Um, 
and that's that's all we did. We just played, just played the game. Um, Stormcast do uh, did pretty well. I think if we had time for one more turn, I might have been able to turn it around and win the scenario. But as it was, I lost the scenario, um, and so that was bad. But for the most part, it was another really good time. Um, oh, this one. Okay, here was here's my actual list. This was my two thousand point list. Okay, this is what I had. Uh, Lord uh, Celestine on Drakoth, the Heralder, the Relictor, two units of five uh, uh, Judicators, one unit of ten Liberators. Uh, I think I had three units of three Prosecutors, two units of five um, Retributors, and one unit of five Protectors. I think that was everything in the army. Yeah, that sounds about right. You had a lot of bros. And did you take a battalion? Yes, I did. I took the Hammer Strike Force, which is really nice. You could take up to two units of Retributors. Okay? Uh, the, the the whole battalion is one unit of uh, Prosecutors and two units of uh, Retributors. That's why I had two units of five instead of one unit of ten. And basically, instead of setting them up on the board, you can set them up in the astral realm or plane or whatever it is. And then uh, during your movement phase, you just uh, bring them out of the astral plane within six inches of the uh, the, the specified unit of uh, prosecutors. And then that whole first turn, they get uh, plus one to wound because they're like all supercharged and excited to be there and fighting. <laughs> So And it was 120 points, and I'm like, you know what? It's not the big brotherhood and the thing everyone's playing. But on my first turn, I'm running everything else up. And while I'm running everything else up to try to get into combat, I, I, get, the, I get that unit of prosecutors. They move 12. I fly them up as far as I can. Boom, drop out two units of five uh, retributors uh, within six inches of him. And so I'm already... You know, for you know, I didn't get the first turn. Uh, a lot of these t- games, uh, or I didn't take it, so they move up a bit. I do that, boom! You got ten retributors right in your face in front of the, you know, the unit of my choice. That's all it did. You know, I even forgot to take the plus one to wound on the first turn that, that on the turn that you drop them down. I just rushed them in and started smashing things. And uh, I mean, I lost to butcher, but that. Uh, that second game, it really came in. Really, uh, it was just fantastic. Um, now, did you use the Knight Heraldor to get the prosecutors the run and charge to get them even closer? Uh, no, because I didn't need to run and charge. I just ran them and then dropped the uh, dropped the uh, retributors because I didn't want to get those guys into combat. Like I was pulling those guys back the second uh, I dropped these guys off because mm-hmm. um, it is uh, you know trying to keep them uh, able to grab objectives or move around and maybe not get so dead so quick <laughs> yeah but I mean that was just that was the whole that was my whole plan you know go in there roll some sixes to win with your drag off uh, you know hopefully the the Lord will get some good hits in and then drop the retributors in at a, at a nice, nice place of your choice and start chewing up the uh, the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, second game, second game was a weird game for me. Um, I was playing against ogres. Um, and I'm trying to think of who I was playing. Was that Brandon? No. Um, it was, 
you know, he came out uh, when we did that when Christopher and I did Extra Life that one year. We did the twenty four hours of gaming. His friends had like uh, you know had like donated to that and came out and they all came out and they were they were playing with Christopher and I that day. Um, oh, uh, Jim Mislanka. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, the Green Ogres. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, it was Jim and uh, he. Okay. He puts out ogres, and ogres are sort of a bugbear for me. Um, he had, like, the worst luck with his dice, though. Like, I did everything that I was supposed to do, and I did it the right way. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't really faced Stormcast before, and he had some really bad rolls. And I felt bad, because he, he went first, moved up, and then I went and moved up. And I and just between the, the judicators and all my prosecutors sh- throwing everything they had in the shooting phase at his... Um, at his uh, Thunder Tusk, like, they took it out. Ugh. Yeah, like, all the shooting hit, all the shooting wounded, and he just couldn't save any of it. And it was just like, oh, no. Like, that's, like, I, you felt, I was like, okay. Um, and then I proceeded to, uh, now, this is interesting. This is the first time this ever happened. I got the double turn after turn one. He got the double turn after turn two. And then I got the double turn after turn three. And he got the double turn after turn four. Every turn, we were double turning. So it started to sway a little bit. Um, I did luck out getting that initial double turn and managed to, once again, I flew up and dropped my retributors. And I was going to charge them in to take out the Thunder Tusk, but then the shooting killed it. So basically, all of his little support units that were behind the Thunder Tusk were just sitting there. And there I am with two units of retributors, just like... I'm going to have to charge these things then. And I felt bad because it was pretty one-sided. I felt bad. Uh, in fact, um, I, I, like I said, I hope he had a good game because I was trying to show him how it worked. But part of it was the scenario. I, like, I, I couldn't really get my foot off the gas because if I wanted to win that scenario, I had to take down that building. Mm-hmm. Um, and we each had a building in the other deployment zone with 30 wounds uh, with a three-up save against regular and mortal wounds. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I sort of had to kill off his guys, and then he had a few units left, and while they couldn't take down what I had left, I was just focused on the building and blew it up. Um, but I felt a little bad because it was—I think it was the third turn. It was like I—I I, I thought I was trying to get into the next turn. I'm like, okay, let's roll for an issue. He was like, wait a minute, I got to take my turn. I'm like, oh, that's right, we did the—we flipped. It was a double turn again. That's right. And so he starts taking his turn. I'm like, it's not, I'm like, did we really do double turns every turn? And I think I think Jim thought I was trying to say it wasn't his turn because like it's my turn and I like already had wiped out most of his army and it's like, <laughs> I'm not trying to take your turn away, bro. Like I felt bad because it was like, no, dude. I, honest to God, I wasn't trying to take your turn away. I was just I can't believe that we literally double turned every turn and then after that he took his turn, boom, double turned it on the, the last turn. Like it was every single turn it happened. Um, hmm. that was that was pretty crazy, but yeah. I finish that and then my uh my final round i got to play chad hansen uh which was interesting grot army of doom oh Oh, i was handling it though oh boy was i handling it it was taking time and it was wearing it down but i was handling it he had 15 drops in that army yeah chad brought a lot of grots he had um, three and I units felt- of 60 grots. So that was three. He had 
two Doom Divers and two Spear Chuckas, so that made seven. And he had two Rock Lavas, too. Two Rock Lavas? I thought he had six War... Oh, no, you couldn't take no, he that had much. four. He had two... No, he didn't have the... The Lavas were actually his Doom Divers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was four there. The other three, his his uh, char- his only character hero was a goblin on a on a wolf, goblin shaman on a wolf. So that was eight, and the seven remaining drops were, uh, I think, four units of five wolf riders and three chariots. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, now this was his whole thing though. Is he, well, he had thirty guys, so instead of hitting on fives, wounding on fives. They were hitting on threes, wounding on fives, because he got bonuses to hit with the more guys he had. He had 60 in each unit. Mm-hmm. So at 30, he's getting the bonus. So he got to kill over half the unit just to slow down the bonus. Then what happens is his general goes behind and has this thing that he can give a unit uh, plus one to hit, one unit. So his... Starting off as fives by fives to hit and wound became three by fives because of the size of the unit became twos by fives for one unit. Um, and then on top of that, he had a spell, and if he got it off, it gave him. Um, it was what was it? It was oh plus one to wound and and uh, and adding one to their rend. Yeah, sneaky stabbing. So yeah, so then it was twos by fours. With one rend. And they all had bows. And it all worked for everything. So they would shoot at you with 60 of these shots. That were either threes by fours or fives. Or twos sometimes by fours or fives. Um, it was crazy. It was a crazy <laughs> setup. And I mean. And uh, I won that one by the skin of my teeth. He pulled up. I pulled up. And I managed to get the double turn. Getting the double turn helped. Because I was able to get the charges in. To all his war machines and stuff. And slow that down, and then meanwhile, just took all my, just took all of my elite, and just was like getting into one side of that army, and just like okay, start killing, mm-hmm. because it was crazy. Yeah, and Chad was originally building towards the Great Git Mob Battalion out right. of the Compendium, um, and then the FAQ came out and said, "Oh, you can't do that." Because they're asking for units of goblins, not units of grots, um, which are functionally the same thing, but that's how the FAQ read. So he submitted his list, and it's like, Chad, you can't do that. And so what I was, know it? was it? Just that was that battalion didn't didn't work for anything anymore, or it required units of goblins? They are now called grots. But when was that? When was that? That was in the FAQ when they dropped it, and I don't know if it was an ad, but all of those compendium battalions that ask for specific units, like the Gutbuster tribe or whatever it is, asks for units of ogres. They are now ogres. Oh, um, so it was a compendium. Yeah, it was a compendium battalion. Oh, okay. That's um, okay, I see what it is then. So it totally nerfed it, and... I had been talking about this with Chad. He had went out and bought all 180 of those Git Mob Grots uh, with the intention of using that battalion. And then right before everything had to get turned in is when they made that rules change. And I just felt so bad for him. What did the battalion do? Um, It gave them uh, 
like if there were there was he had to take a boss um like a common goblin war boss um who if he killed a monster then anybody nearby didn't have to take battle shock um and then it did something else i don't remember what but it was kind of like the linchpin to his army and that got taken away from him through no fault of his own so that's hard it was a little rough um it was just that was their ruling not mine um but in any event he still did pretty okay with it and that was a ton of dudes to push through in the last uh month there especially as he's trying to make terrain for the narrative so um he said it was not so good art but you know for what he did and the amount of time he did it it's pretty awesome oh yeah no it was it was and it was it was a fun it was a fun game and he dude he put together a lot in a quick amount of time to get it going mm-hmm. so we had a blast um i wound up winning that um so you had a 36 person event um Brad Schwant won it all with his filthy ogre list. Well, it was Beast Claws and Goblins. Yep. Which, okay. <laughs> you do your thing, boys. Um, um, and then uh, the second was that death list that you had been playing against a little bit. Uh, we had played, well, on Friday we had seen little bits of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean Clark yeah. got second with that death list. And then uh, third was... Jake Lequier, um, who subsequently like got best death and best chaos. He had a uh, bloodbound list with some lightning cannons and sail, um, which is as nasty as it sounds. Um, yeah. And then best destruction went to uh, Brandon Nielsen uh, with his Beast Claw Raiders. And he had this awesome display board coming out of a chest um, with like a big snowy tundra and everything like that. It was a really that was nice. solid presentation. And then uh, some guy, for I don't know what reason, got best order. So I mean, congrats, Dave. Yeah, I came in uh, sixth. Yeah, fifth or best sixth. Best order. I was sixth. I was very excited. Um, the paint scores were. I was pleased that I got a pretty good paint scores. I got some good sports scores, and uh, the loss, and then the two big wins, um, really just. Uh, I was very excited. I, I did not think I was gonna like. I knew I had a chance at probably being best stormcast because mm-hmm. I was near yeah. the top with them. I didn't think I had I would would take best order overall. So I was just like, oh, this is so cool. I was yeah, something. yeah. No, it was good. And you had the softest of the three stormcast lists that were there because the other two took like warrior brotherhood and all that. And Dave just walks up being all cheeky with his little stormcast list and decides to wreck some face so the hammer strike force man you just fly up the flyers and drop the two units of five right in front of people and between those two units of five i had three maces in there yeah that's nice yeah it's just like i'm gonna hit things real hard and oh my gosh i could really pull this off and it did require some lucky dice rolling i really did get some lucky dice rolling um at least once per game uh in all of my games my lord on the Drakoth. That Drakoth rode up and hit sixes to wound, and then they were not saved against. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I just charged him into really big things, and I was like, oh, yeah, I took it down. <laughs> and it was just like, oof, lucky. Yep, but I, I'll, I'll ride that luck. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so much fun. Uh, you know what? Let's do this. We haven't taken a break in oh, almost an hour. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, well, we actually were, yeah. 
so we should have, but we didn't because whatever. Um, let's take a break, come back, and then a couple of final thoughts about the tournament because there were some cool things you did in there um, that I thought were interesting and I wanted to ask you about. And then uh, we'll just wrap up our uh, our thoughts about that and um, and then we'll wrap it up so we can go back and keep reading books so we can cover the next episode. We can cover something interesting and exciting. So uh, we'll be right back. Check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back talking pack a wrap-up and steps going forward. So... You said you had questions. I'm a little scared. <laughs> no, well, lay it on me. Um, I thought the tertiary objective was interesting. Uh, you had you had three objectives. You had your primary objective to win you the the twenty points. Now you had we could do twenty nil, fifteen five, or a draw for a ten. All um, some of the scenarios didn't seem like they they were the ten five scenarios though. It's like you either won it or you didn't. And I know what no, the fifteen five. Yeah, yeah. You, there got, you either got a twenty those. nil, or you pretty much didn't. Yeah, there are a couple of those. Um, I'm trying to put those back into more of where you can get the fifteen five um, with modifications to the scenario mm-hmm. um, based on the feedback and the results I was seeing. So, um, yeah, I think I would have liked to have the. Uh, I, I felt like I really had to go for the twenty, like because there wasn't that fifteen five option in there. Um, but then they were listed on the sheet, so that's one of the things I kept looking at the sheet going, where's the 15-5 option? Um, now, secondary commands, I like how you did that. Here's a list of uh, objectives. Uh, you can pick any one of these, but only once per the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a couple I looked at right away and said, oh, I can easily get these. And I said, wait a minute, okay, I need to save this for for." <laughs> A tough match. Yeah, I need to, to say get this the for max a, out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could probably get this harder to get uh, scenario in, in this particular scenario. I could probably get this harder to get secondary objective, and I might as well try for that now. So that way, when when it ch- when when the chips are down, or if I if I actually win a couple and move up, and it's going to be a tough slog, I can just fall back on my easy objectives. Um, but it was the tertiary objectives that sort of interested me. Um, in the second scenario, I had to knock down a building. And I think you had it set up where your tertiary objective, you won and got full points if you were within five wounds of each other on that building. 
So if I took it down at 30, my opponent would have had to have been at least at 25 wounds for us to get the tertiary objective. Uh, his, it was, uh, I think, a 10-wound difference. I got ha- You got half of your tertiary objective points. And if it was more than that, you didn't get any. Um, I decided that, especially in the second one with the building, once I realized I could sort of turn on him and kill his guys around the building and stop him from getting... He was winning with six wounds to none. And it's like, do I let him live and try to get a close game to get all the points, or do I just take this building down or kill him off so he can't do anything and then just put as many wounds on the building as I can? And I opted to do that. Um, although a closer game would have been, you know, more cinematic and, and, and you know, more narrative-worthy. I was like, nope, I want the full points um and there was a similar one in the third where uh, you captured objectives and you earned points at the end of your turn for um the objectives you held and uh if at the end of the round we were within like five points of each other objective wise you got half of your tertiary objective you were within two points of each other you got the full tertiary objective um and here's my thoughts on that, and I just I'm giving them to you now because we're on the sh- we're on the show. I liked it. I liked that it encouraged you to keep it a close game if you want to get the full points. Um, my only concern was, like I said, in my second round, I'm like, oh, I could go for the full points, or I could kill you and make sure that I get the big win. And uh, I went that way with it, um, and I felt like okay. If I go and slaughter the guy, then I get no points for the tertiary objective. The problem was neither did he. And that was the only mm-hmm. thing that I didn't quite have figured because it wasn't his fault I wasn't about to let him keep it close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And that was the one, if I had one, and it's not so much a criticism as a concern for the guy who's getting beat on um, because that sort of compounds the beating that he took. Uh, by not being able to keep up, which just felt like I—I've I, always—I know the secondary and tertiary objectives are a way for you to get points if you can't do the primary objective. Um, and in those scenarios, that was the only thing that I was like, "Well, I don't know how I feel about it," because it was cool keeping it close. Uh, you know, Chad and I wound up with a pretty tight game, um, not not because it was planned that way, just because that's how that's how it wound up when you had. 200 models on the table against like 30. Yeah. Um, you know, I managed to keep it close with, with, with the Stormcast. But, uh, you know, not because I really wanted to, but just because that's how it worked out. And then, so we got a bonus of an extra four points for that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Was It, it seemed like it might be penalizing the loser, uh, especially if there's no way to get the 15-5 in that scenario. Yeah, um, so the reason I have those, I blatantly stole that idea from Chris Haynes uh, from the tournament that he ran um, in August of last year um, that I went up to. But the whole concept is if you are one of those guys that plays the win-at-all-costs type mentality where you have to get every point possible, I'm forcing you to put the brakes on and then make it a closer game. Or give up a couple of the points. Right. So the idea is not so much to punish the guy that's getting his face kicked in. It's to give them a better opportunity to come back into the game and 
do something with it by making the guy that maybe is playing a little differently um, by forcing him to slow down if he wants to do what he wants to do, which is to get max points. So that was the mentality behind it. Um, execution is, you know, still to be seen. Um, and I did change the scenario a little bit this way. Even, um, let's say the guy that did do the win at all costs, um, knocked the building down first. It doesn't end the game immediately. Right. The other guy can still go and get that objective. So this way he can still pick up those points. So it's just a matter of you have to learn to cool your jets and it's about timing and making sure that you're doing the best that you can. If you knock the guy off the table, turn one or two, you're going to lose points. So if you give the guy a non-game, you're going to get penalized too. So that was the mentality. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, but that was the idea behind it. And like I said, I did like it. I thought it was cool too. Um, I just was worried that the guy who got nothing because he lost the whole scenario had no chance of getting the tertiary either because the other guy basically wasn't about to take his foot. I mean, that's what I did. I didn't take my foot off the brake. I just couldn't. I was, you know, and I took the big win, so I didn't mind losing the four points. But whereas my opponent, who really, you know, took a flogging, could have used those four points. And that was, I don't know how to fix that. And I'm not saying you should necessarily. I'm just saying... From what I watched, I felt bad when mm-hmm. I took away his points, which maybe that's more the social contract engineering on top of the, hey, you didn't take your foot off, so you didn't get points, and now you kind of took it from him after 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 uh, stomping on him, so you hope you feel worse. Maybe next time you'll take your foot off the gas. I guess that could be part of it. You know? Yeah, and it's a sh- very different shift in mindset from what we've done with scenarios before. Because it was just earn all the points that you can. And now you're in a situation where you kind of have to, if you want to earn points, you have to help the other guy earn points. Yep. So, yep. Well, it was it's different. Like I said. It, was, it was weird, though. And I, like I said, I wasn't certain how I felt about it overall. But I did like the whole point where if you're going to blow the guy out of the water and not really give him a game, at least give, try to give him a game, then you're not getting all the points. I did like that. Yeah. So it's just a... Have to see how it works, and it'll be fine. It'll be tweaked and fine tuned as we get results in. So, I mean, I'm definitely open to suggestions. It's a, that when I went up to Canada and did that event with Chris, um, that's what really impressed me was having that kind of thing where it actively encouraged close games. Otherwise, it penalized. So, I don't know. I liked it. So we'll see how it goes. I did too. Um, what are your feelings on letting people pick the? Uh because I know you let everybody pick their objectives and their, or not their objectives, their, their the traits, traits and artifacts. And artifacts. And, yeah, yeah, that was a mistake to do that at the table. Um, I was what I've been trying to do is I don't, I seriously hate the idea of net listing um, and just taking everything that you want and getting everything to make it run, and you don't really have to think anymore. Um, so. For Adepticon, we were originally going to do where you have to roll all of that stuff, traits, artifacts, spells, all of that. Um, We were originally going to do that, but the problem that we ran into is a lot of the artifacts don't work if you don't have X amount of points set aside to summon a unit or if your your character's not a wizard. Right. You can't use half of them. So it suddenly became, how do we accommodate this? Do we just let people re-roll it? 
do we let people pick it? And if we pick it, are we picking at the table? Are we picking when you turn in the list? Um, and I understood that going into it, Adepticon was going to be the odd duck because everyone else is you pick up your traits and your artifacts and you turn in your list. And that's what you get for the tournament. Um, so we were trying to add variety, do something different, just so it's not just the same thing everywhere. Um, okay. But in the end, we decided uh, to go with you can pick the artifacts and spells and traits and all that stuff um, when you turn in your army list. Um, I mean, it's not something I particularly enjoy doing. I really enjoy rolling for stuff because it makes you adapt. Um, but at the end of the day, we went with what was going to be kind of the path of least resistance and you know, didn't intentionally or unintentionally screw people over. So that's what we went with. Okie doke. Yeah, I don't mind uh, p- putting them on the list. I don't mind just saying, okay, this is what I'm going to take, and this is what I'll take for the whole tournament. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like rolling for it. I like the randomness, but you're you are right. Uh, the 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 problem is, you can completely get messed up. Like, oh, this is absolutely 100 percent useless for me. Yeah, um, and that was something that got run into a lot doing the rolling and even the picking at the table. Also screwed up a lot of people because if it was chaos against order, the chaos guy automatically took the two things that got him bonuses against order, and then the order guy did not have a good time. So it right, and see, if you go random, like the guy, you know, the the, the guy who's got uh, you know maybe more experience or a tougher list suddenly gets the exact beautiful item he needs, and the guy who needs a little boost gets nothing. Um, and I mean that's the risk of random, but I, I can see just saying, look, let's, let me just pick. Maybe not at every table and trying to pick different things, but decide what you're going to take. Kit them out that way for the for the duration. Um, at least you're getting a choice, you know. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I had such a good time playing your at your event, though. I really did. You always you always put on a good a good time. Um, and and I had a great time. And I'm not just saying that because I came in sixth and got past order. Yeah, and then I know, and you know, I got felt bad. Hey, look, if anybody who's listening got pictures of my army on the full display board, um, send them to me because Paul Wagner got pictures of little segments of it, but not the big picture. Um, and my student who made that as a found art sculpture project, when I came back and showed her pictures, she asked me to send. I sent her all the pictures I had. Of the army on the display board, um, and I could set this up and take some more pictures for her. But if anyone had pictures from the tournament, she was just like all sort of amazed when she saw. She's like, "Well, you did that with it?" I'm like, "Yep." And she's like, "Oh, wow, yeah." Um, and I liked it. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's a cool display board. It doesn't have room for my two thousand point army, really. No, I mean it's a big, awesome display board, and your student did an absolutely great job with it, but. It's a little tight on space for what you're doing with. Yeah, no, it was really harsh, but and it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but she did a really cool thing with this sculpture project, and I took one look at it and said, "Are you gonna want this back?" And she's like, "No, I, I don't know what I would do with it." I'm like, "Can I keep it?" And she's like, "Yep, like, yay, display board, check mark, another thing done." done. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I'm gonna toot my own horn real quick. We had the largest event. Um, at this year's Wapaka. Did we? Um, 36 yeah. was the biggest? 35 was the biggest. 35. Um, 
Yeah, no one else went over 30. Um, so it was the combination of the day that we did it, as much as it was god-awful to get down there at 7.30 in the morning. You're welcome, Ryan Nickel. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had the biggest event, um, and there was some feedback um, about doing a two-day AOS tournament at next year's PACA. Um, I don't think that's going to fly because I really think the breakdown of the one-day events um, – it's yeah, a you don't much need a nicer GT. format. You, you, no. You know you could, if, people who wanted to play AOS were able to sign up for all three days. There was the narrative event, the team event, and the, and the three-round singles event. Uh, I mean, you, could, you got in, if you wanted to, your nine games of at AOS, least. at least, uh, over those three days. You don't need, if, if there's a two-day, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hesitate to sign up because that means that I'm, I'm definitely going to... You know, there's a good chance I can't play in that narrative event that Nickel ran, the 40K one, which, even though I still suck at 40K, it was so much fun to play in, you know? Right. It's yeah. losing an experience and being able to mix things up. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to go that way. I definitely like doing the one day. I really wish I wasn't doing it on Sunday, but that's what allowed us to have more tables and more space. It was because we were doing it on the Sunday when there was less events. So. so much fun, though. Had such a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And then kudos, brother. Holy cow. It's amazing. <laughs> you walked away with the You like you guys did pretty well. I mean, Luke got, what, third Luke? in the random partners. You got best order. And um, I don't know where Taz finished up. Taz finished she up. Any- she was eighth. She was literally sixth, seventh, and eighth were all order. Yeah, like there was like a less than I think two points total separated the three places. I I really did eke out a uh, a, a tight, close, best order. I mean, Taz was right there too, so it was a good time. And there was so many fun stories. Andrea going and trying to cross the river with Alario. Alario so rolls a one crossing the river and dies, and she uses her tournament reroll and rolls another one. And Alariel just dies crossing the river. The goddess of life, the one who makes the rivers actually flow, drowns. Yeah, and I was standing Harrison right is there sitting when here she right now going, like, what? You're so joking. Bad. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, she did that, and I looked at her, and I said, I'm sorry, Andrea, and I walked away. Because that's <laughs> usually how T.O.s go. As soon as the T.O. shows up to watch something, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. So and funny for the goddess of life to drown in a freaking river. Um, that's just no, that's brilliant. Okay I'm sorry, anymore. it is totally awesome. That it's just the best. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. I, I felt bad for Andrea. I really did. But come on, come on. I mean, that's like that is like that is one of those worst case scenario stories. That's that's uh, that's like that's worse than two cannons. That's up there with. My first, uh, when I first started playing an army that had magic, and uh, my, what was it, my first, uh, I think it was my first seven uh, 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 miscasts all <laughs> sucked me into the warp. Yeah. Yeah, my first seven That's miscasts okay. uh, with uh, vampire counts in 8th edition. The first seven, because like, I did it once, I miscast, I went to the warp, and I was like, Man, that stinks! And like then, so we were playing again. And then the next time I I rolled it, I'm like, man, I got sucked to the warp again. That's twice in a row. And then we went through, and it was three. And it was like, this is ridiculous. And it was seven times in a row. 
you had to roll your dice. You had to get the double sixes. Then you had to roll the you know roll up the two between two and four. I think was what came up. What could get <laughs> yeah two and four, and then on a one to three, you went down the hole. Yeah, I did that seven times in a row. Seven times in a row, I rolled between two and four, which is what a one in twelve chance to get a two through four. I think on two dice. And then mm-hmm. half of that, uh, so one in uh, 12 chance came, a one in 24 chance to roll those two things in order, I think. Um, After whatever crazy percentage to get the double six on the spell. Right, and I wasn't even doing that because it wasn't like I had like seven spells in a row. It was just like seven times in a row that it came up. But if you mm-hmm. figure, um, you know, one in 12 is... <laughs> It's a very small percent. It's under. It's just over four. I thought. Uh, oh no! One in twelve is a eight and one third percent chance, and then to get the one to three, you divide that in half. So it's about a four point one percent chance to do it once, and then just keep Let adding that seven up seven times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally seven times. I mean, it, it became a ridiculous. It was like. I think when Chris, you sat down and figured it out, and it was like one in eleven thousand, or something stupid like that, that you could actually do that, have that come up. And seven you did, times really. yeah, and I did. So <laughs> but, sometimes it's going that route. Sometimes it's blowing up a dreadnought with a last cannon turn one. Yep, that was yeah, yep. Uh, or like I said, the goddess of life herself uh, drowning in a river. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison's saying, well, can she drown? I don't think she needs air, does she? I'm pretty sure she can. Either yeah. that or the river just ate her, like total uh, Lord of the Rings style. Yeah. Um, the river just Except it was a lizard her. instead of horses because so she was playing against Rotor. Oh, that's right. She was playing against Rotor. It was so funny. Yeah. I poor, mean, I felt so bad chick. for her, but it's. It, it, it's, it is funny. So, Oh, and can I just, uh, before we go, I wanted to point out one last thing. Um, so I've been building uh, back all the way back to the hobby section. I've been building my stuff in sub-assemblies because mm-hmm. I figured out that it's hard to paint under capes and stuff like that when you don't. Yeah. Um, so here's what I did. And if anyone's looking to make some of these, it works really easy when you dig up your old bits. I found about four flight stands. Because I didn't use the GW ones. I always bought custom ones, mm-hmm. like from Back to Basics, where you could put the, the, instead of putting a hole in your model and just sticking it on top of a, a peg, you could stick a magnet in the model and then a magnet on the base, mm-hmm. uh, the flight stand. So I had all these old GW flight stands left. So I ran and grabbed all my chariot bases that I had and some of my modular cut-your-own cut uh, uh, movement trays. And I found about five of them, and I just glued the flight stand to that, and then I drilled a hole in the top and put a metal pin in it and glued that in. And so now I, now I, you know, like everyone has their different things, the little cork things and the things that they put their models on. And so I was able to hang up like my uh, the characters who are riding things, just put drill a hole in the leg where it's going to get covered up, mm-hmm. and pop them on. So I have I have all of these little you know model holdings so you can paint and spray them. Just from leftover stuff that I don't use anymore from 8th edition. 
So yeah, it's pretty it, slick. Yeah, it worked out nice. I mean, I was like, okay, this works. It, it just and and dude, how many of us don't have some of that junk link? Like, unless you cleared out when it went to round bases, you're going to have some square bases laying around, some larger ones, and some flight, some just some flight stands, the old flight stands from like the bats and things like that. Yeah, bang, bang boom, it worked out beautiful. All right, uh, totally sidetracked, but that was I was so excited about myself when I was like, look, I'm doing all these things I've never done. And I didn't do mm-hmm. any of it until I got back from Wapaka. So, all right, it's um, a hobby high. Hobby it is. High. It is. Uh, in fact, I was a little disappointed. Like I'm, like I'm, like even though we're going to be done by like ten o'clock tonight, I'm like oh, I might have time to do a few decals. But I'm like disappointed because I don't have super hobby time. And I was, and I've still got to finish editing the U- the second YouTube video. Second YouTube video is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, that was me speed. That was my video on how I'm speed painting the. Uh, Ultramarines? Yeah. Yeah, here's a little preview of it. Uh, I take you through the speed painting on the first two steps, and then the next edit is cut ahead three weeks and the army's done. It's sort of like the old pictures of like, here, draw this circle. Now add these two things. Now add this. Oh, look, you've got a Picasso. Um, there's obviously steps missing, and it's just me basically telling the camera, I'm really sorry, but I can't speed paint. I'm, I'm, I just <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Oh. I can't do it. I can't just go color, wash for shade, highlight, and be done with any of my colors. I just, and I'm no, like, you know, my stuff is not even being considered as best painted. I still can't just do that. It was Mm -hmm. terrible. It was terrible. I'm rambling. All right. Uh, What stuff do we need to talk about here before we wrap up? Um, We got a couple of things we got to hit before we wrap up the show. So who won the music contest? Oh, okay. That's right. Finally, it was supposed to be episode 150. Uh, and I wanted to have it by then, but it didn't. Um, and I've actually, there's, I have more than one prize. So I have uh, someone else who has just like recently contacted me with some other musicians who are like, yeah, he can use our stuff. He's cool. And I was like, well, thank you. Um, so I may have even some more music and more winners. But as of right now, um, Jonathan... Mison, Mison, M-I-S-O-N. Um, he directed me to uh, a lady named Claire Seabrook, who um, I believe has moved to Canada. And it was way before the election stuff, so it's not like, a, oh my goodness, I'm moving to Canada. This was like months and months and months ago. Um, but she composed basically what you're hearing now on the show this this week. Uh, you may notice that Old Man on the Bridge isn't there anymore. A <laughs> uh, hundred and sixty episodes, almost of that being the theme song. It makes me sad. I really was sad putting in this, but I looked for someone who. And this is an original composition that she wrote for me. She listened to some of the you know clips of the music we used going in and out of commercials and things we used during the uh, dramatic readings and stuff, and mm-hmm. she wrote me this piece. An instrumental piece that we can use for the show. Um, if you guys like her music, it's Claire Seabrook, and you can find her at uh, soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Um, and I'll have that in the show notes as well. But, uh, yeah, so, Jonathan, you've got a awesome prize coming. Just contact me, and uh, I will get it in the mail to you. Uh, other than stuff, what else? Um, oh, uh, Freebooters Network. Um, I'm going to have Terrace on at some point, um, but we are uh, we meaning me and Greg Dan actually. Uh, the After Eleanor show 
is now on the Free Buddha's Network, and we're going to be recording the first half of Book 11 um, next uh, the next weekend. And so that'll be going up on the Free Buddha's Network pretty soon. Um, that's a little scary. We're on Book 11, and I just looked at my White Dwarf, and it was like Horace Heresy, Book 42. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be doing this till I die. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of books. <laughs> But yeah, we're recording uh, Fallen Angels, and I'm having a good time with that. So we're doing that. So uh, check out the Free Buddhas Network at uh, you can you know it's on iTunes and stuff like that. It's called the Free Buddhas Network now. Forty uh, K Radio is on it. D Six Generation has got stuff on that. Like Nerd Herder Show is on that. Independent Characters put stuff on that. There's like all these really good, good, good shows, and us. Um, you guys are a good show. I appreciate it. Um, yes, you have to subscribe to the whole channel. It's just one channel. Um, I don't know about you. You know, it comes up and it tells me what's there to be downloaded, but my uh, iTunes uh, podcatcher doesn't download it unless I tell it to. So uh, with the free Buddhas, it's just I go through and I you know I, you can you can pick and choose your downloads if you've got something that you that you want above others. Um, but please go over there and check out some of the stuff they have. Give some of the other shows a try too because they're. I didn't know all of them. I was like, what the heck? I'm on the network. I might as well listen to these guys. And the shows are pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. So that. And then, um, yeah, finally, remember, folks, if you want to help out the show, you can do it uh, most easily uh, by becoming a patron and joining us on the, on the Patreon page. Uh, once again, all you have to do is go to... Um, Go to patreon.com slash garagehammer and check out what we're doing there. Um, we're getting really close to doing straight-up garage gamers, which I would be so uh, sort of excited if we were doing those once a month. Um, that's where you're going to see other game coverage. And that's where I'm going to have time and make time out of this to talk about things like the Blood Bowl game that has been coming out, the 40K stuff I'll talk about, uh, movie stuff. You know, Gen Con, those types of things, that'll all go in there, and we're really close. I mean, even if if you if you're considering it, just take a look at it. Seriously, fifty cents or or a show, if you feel that's worth a tip for that for for the entertainment value of these two to four hours, depending on what we do. Um, we we super appreciate it. Um, and I did once again want to thank our. Uh, our executive uh, producers there, our associate producers, I should say, Ryan Taylor, uh, James Mackey, and Shirley Tempel. Um, and uh, that's awesome. You guys have been a huge, huge help to the show, and we really do appreciate it. It's what makes things work for us. Uh, we did get some new people. Timothy Day, Johan Mata, these guys just signed up. Uh, Joshua Taus just signed up. Um, and you guys are what's making it possible for me to do things like hopefully get that live show running. I'm so technically inept, and Jason, uh, not Jason, Daniel is uh, busy. So it's me trying to figure out how to do all this stuff myself, and it's seriously, it's like the monkeys in the beginning of 2001. I've got a bone. I'm scratching the top of my head. I'm trying to figure out what to do with this bone. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll get it. I'll get it. Uh, that's about anything. You want to talk about any Acon stuff? You got Acon info that you want to tell people about? Uh, good Lord. Um, okay, so quick plug. Um, 
We've got five different events at Adepticon this year. We've sold out for one already, uh, which is the one of the Vanguards, which is a forty-man one uh, K tournament. Um, the rest still have spots. Um, we've kind of put a harder cap on the championship. Um, our hard cap now for the championship is one hundred and twenty players um, for both the two days and the one days. We're getting close to selling out, um, so we're shooting for one hundred and twenty. Um, is kind of our cap, and I know we're going to – I feel really good that we're going to hit the number. We're getting more sign-ups um, we're really as things close. have come so, out. Yeah, get in and sign up. Is there any reason we're at that hard cap? I mean, may I ask, or is that an off-the-air question? Uh, just kind of table space. Okay. Um, and we're – realistically, we're not going to sell another 100 tickets in two months. Um, so it's just a matter of figuring out where we can put us because we were up in – the room above where Wormahords was uh, in Privateer Press the last couple of years that we've been there. Um, we're back down in the Schomburg Ballroom, which was where we've been for the last two years. Um, we're back down there with a bigger table space. Um, nice. So it's just a matter of getting places finalized. Um, but, I mean, obviously, if we get more signups, I'm, we're going to make room. Don't you worry. We're going to make room. Um, but even with the numbers that we're at, we've already doubled from last year. Yes. Um, in a year's time, we've doubled in size, which is fantastic. I mean, I can't thank everyone enough who's coming. Um, and given the guys that are coming from overseas, the GW's presence there, this is going to be a really super year. And the team tournament is the biggest success on our end because last year we only had about 19, 20 teams. We're already at 60. We're at 60 teams. Yeah. 120 so uh, players. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge array of people for Greg, Dan, and I to smash. Right. Yeah, sorry. We're trying to figure <laughs> this out. In fact, that's what I just realized I promised Greg so he didn't have to transport too much as he's flying over. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure we have 2,000 points or something ready. So there you go. I either have to have, we either have to do a lot of Stormcast or, or I'm, if I can get the Fire Slayers up and painted, maybe we'll run Fire Slayers and Stormcast. That'd be hot. If I can get That'd it painted uh, to the to the if I can get the, and I can get these models looking the way I want because I have an idea for them and I've seen other pictures of it where it's that sort of burnt you know burning on the inside burnt on the outside look yeah um, and I'm really hoping that I can pull that off that's like that's going to be a huge thing for me because that's not paint by numbers that's not here's a guide that's hey I got to figure out how to do this mm-hmm. um, but big if change I can, yeah I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. We've we've been adding more terrain. We're going to add a ton more by the time we get there. And people are getting excited. And people are signing up, and there's a lot of buzz. So I'm, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping this is going to be like that year that's going to set us going forward, and we can get back up to the numbers we were at before. Um, I, I think but, we're just, this, with the game going from strength to strength, I I would, I mean, I th- obviously, I think we're going to hit the 120. But if it keeps up at this pace and with this much excitement, I could see yeah. us backing. I could see you getting back those old, the old numbers, like when you were really hitting the the big numbers. Yeah, the one forties, the one sixties. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm really hoping that we get to be the largest AOS event in the country. I mean, Las Vegas Open did really good over they the did. weekend. So yep. kudos to those guys. Yeah. Um, for everything that they did. Um, but obviously. I want the biggest show in town, so <laughs> forgive me for being greedy. No, um, but no, it's indeed. Just, 
I want everyone just to have a good time, and we're certainly hoping that it is going to hit all of those wonderful checkboxes for players. Um, and then the only other thing I want to announce, we did make some rule changes, so please double-check your rules packs on the website. And then the hard cutoff for books is going to be the uh, 23rd of February, so it should be the weekend after the Stormcast book comes out. That's right. So, the Stormcast book makes it in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that should be the last one we let in. Um, so anything after that cutoff date, um, we'll have to take a pass on for right now. So, but after that, everybody this, else will lose. The Stormcast made the cut. Sorry. Okay. Just um, so, in any event, if you're coming to Adepticon, please come up and say hi. We're going to be in that room all five days having fun and playing games and just making it every bit count so please come on out and check it out if not watch us on twitch holy cow it's gonna be on twitch yeah it's this is uh this is very exciting times um i know i'm sounding really tired you're like okay alex you're rambling on but i am like jacked to the nth degree about this opportunity you and me both all right. All right, so I think We've that's been it. Rambling. Are we that it? Yeah. That's it. All right, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. <laughs>